You're listening to The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema with Big Willie and the Samurai, bringing class to trash since 1977. Welcome to another episode of The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. I am Large Willie, across the border from me. In his lovely vehicle is the man known as Sammy. Yes, the man who has scheduling problems. Uh, I should say, the last time we recorded, from that point, I worked, uh, let's see, how many days in a row? I have one day off in 14. So... And that one day off was at the end of those 13 in a row. Yeah. So. It's, uh, as we, uh, we've often said, it's scheduling can be a bear. <laughs> it's, yeah. uh, it's tough. Two different countries, lots of hours worked, multiple children involved, um, wives, social lives. It's, uh, it can be difficult, you know. So luckily we, uh, we want to thank, of course, Scott and Kat, the clickers, yeah. uh, the yeah. power couple in Toronto. That I was able to step in and uh, do some really great work for us, as evidenced by a lot of people chiming in in the group. So thank you to them yeah. for that, certainly. Yeah. Um, this episode, I think, um, is, I should say, it's episode 321, um, as we start that long march towards 500. Seems a long yeah. way away, but uh, <laughs> we're, we're more than halfway there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, we, got, we still got uh, 400 to do. and Yeah. So I got 350, and we got some big numbers coming we got up. Some big numbers, yeah, for sure. Uh, as we march towards that, I think the episode that we've programmed is—I I feel like, even though the films may not be pantheon per se, I feel like it's—it's it's very much a GGTMC episode in, in that we've programmed two films that are the kind of films we set out to <laughs> give more love to when this show began. Yeah, 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 definitely the, the trash and the class uh, mixed together here. Yeah, and some trashy class and some trashy trash, but that trashy trash is fun. Yeah. So, and we're going to talk about those, of course. Uh, in chronologically speaking, we're talking about Le Choix des Armes, uh, or The Choice of Arms, a French film by Alain Corneau, uh, with Gerard and, of course, Depardieu, uh, yeah. Catherine Deneuve, and, and Yves Montand. 
very uh, a trifecta of much loved French actors, and then we did um, we stepped uh, up a few decades. Well, no, one more decade, but we went fourteen years um, into the future, and uh, we decided to get tough. We decided to get deadly. We decided to get tough and deadly, and uh, get in. Oh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that Spanish title. I, was, I thought I was hoping there'd be a French title, but. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, make it sound more elegant than it actually is. Yeah, well, yeah. There's, there's the amazing thing is the amazing thing is whenever we do these kinds of shows, when I think about 14 years, it doesn't seem like that much time. No. Okay, because we were just talking about this before we started recording. Time flies. The older you get, we all know this. All of us that are of a certain age know this now. But 14 years between these two movies, and that's kind of hard to believe. That doesn't seem like much time for the amount of fashion changes. But in a through line, we do have the same type of cars at one point because I think Tough and Deadly opens in France, supposedly. Yeah, that's right. But I'll tell you, the, the cover for Tough and Deadly is so GGTMC. Oh, yeah, it is. Totally. Oh, man. If you go to IMDb and you, you put that in, I mean, that cover just, it's so, so GGTMC, man. It's amazing. Um, with that. A lot, of, so, a, lot of, a lot of baby oil on that shoot. A lot of baby oil, man. A lot of, a lot of pleated jeans, lack of shirts. Yeah, uh, we'll certainly get to that, and that of course yeah. is a. Uh, we will we will get that, but we should also say certainly not a lack of trench coats. No, there's definitely not uh, a lack. Of, <laughs> some would some would argue a surplus. I'd say the number was just right. But uh, <laughs> yeah. even the Wachowskis were like, "Whoa!" Yeah, you got to skip it back. Yeah, well, we get to see blanks, which we'll talk about. So it's and of course by blanks, there's only one blanks. We can. Uh, I could be mentioning Billy Blanks alongside, as as I'd uh, <laughs> as I'd said to you, the uh, Bogey and Bacall of of '90s directed video action, Billy Blanks and Roddy Piper. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, and it's a nice palate cleanse or palate sully to be able to talk mm-hmm. about uh, films yeah. from different eras. Because as uh, as I'm gonna segue into here, we uh, we're in the midst of cramming for the year end show, so. Let's uh, let's hear what uh, one of some of the highlights or what you've been watching uh, lately. Uh, I've been watching, yeah, mostly cram stuff. Uh, I don't have my list with me, so I'm going to have to go off memory. So I probably won't get everything that I've been watching, um, but I'll give you at least a few highlights. I know you probably have your list, and you've had quite a few in this week, so it'll work out time-wise. But uh, just want to say, recently, just actually just finished uh, before we started recording, Stranger by the Lake finally. Man. Yeah, which I am considering for cram this year. Sometimes I don't. When we pick a film uh, the year before, um, because of some of the ways you can see films and because of some of the ways you get lucky seeing films, you live in a bigger city than I do, vice versa, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't always, uh, I, I sometimes tend to ignore, not ignore, but not cram the ones you had on your list last year because I want to try to champion as many new things as possible, right? Yeah. So, but this one, I just felt like I kind of had to watch. Uh, most of our group really liked it. Uh, most of the people we know really liked it. I liked it quite a bit, too. I don't know if I liked it as much as you did. I can't remember where it came in. Was it in your top ten? Uh, I think it was in sort of the ten to fifteen range, ten to seventeen range. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah, I can't, I can't, uh, I don't recall exactly where it was, but I do remember it was on the list. And so I thought, you know, I'll go ahead and watch it. Really what kind of started was, I was like, you know, maybe I won't cram it. But then I started watching it and I kind of got caught up in it, right? Cause it's kind of one of the, <laughs> it's that kind of, of film, man. 
yeah, yeah. that kind of movie. So a lot of cack. Oh, there's a lot, lot of, of cum uh, shots and cock and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that that isn't what got me caught up. What got me caught up was the setting, and oh, I like the kind of I like the kind of repetition of it. It's almost like you know what is a what is a you know so, like a genius's version of hell is doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And the <laughs> tranquility, the ambience yeah. of the soundtrack. There's no music. It's just the ambience of the the, the noise. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's a good one, man. I'm glad you saw it, and I always like that when you get to. When you do cram films that I champion, that I got to see maybe a little bit out of you, because uh, you know a lot of people are going to be in the same show. Uh, going to say the same shoe. Uh, you wear two shoes, not one. Um, yes. Well. Uh, yeah. So they're going to be the same shoes you are. Where maybe this film's kind of it, it was one of those that was betwixt in between, right? So. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones that kind of fell right in that little, like little pocket. Um, I still don't have any plans to cram Twelve Years This Year, or uh, I can't remember what the other one was. But there was another one that I was thinking about cramming, but I wanted to do Stranger by the Lake because it just it felt more GGTMC than the others. Oh yeah. So, uh, and that's not because of the content; that's because of the style of the film. Style of film. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a good one. I don't know if it'll be on my top thirty or not, though. I, I did have some issues with it. I liked it though; it was very good. We should say, if you can believe it, there's a lot of stunt cock in that yeah. film. There is a lot of stunt cock in that film. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of stunt cock, because uh, I was like, man, this guy's pretty brave right now, uh, the yeah. main guy, and uh, it's it's stunt cock with him. But, yeah, it's an interesting moment. It's on instant, I believe. Uh, yes, it is. It is. So in all of glory. Can, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big time. So it's it, an interesting film. I think there's. I think it'd make a fascinating review uh, at some point, just because yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah. going on, a lot being said. And I love the ending of the film. You know, it's funny. Yeah, I, li- I like the ending a lot, too. Uh, it's funny that you say that. I was thinking the other day, we've been doing this show for going on six years now. I think in the fall, it'll be six years. Seven. Some of those films. Oh, seven years. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Jesus. And I was thinking some of those films that were on top ten list that we never reviewed back in the day, I was like, I might start picking some of those because we never really reviewed them in detail, some of them, you know. So. And we loved the films, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So I just, But, you know, we never had that that deep conversation that we like to have. So. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe I'll pick one or two this year. Um, I watched uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, which I think you watched as well. I started. I didn't get to finish. My wife passed okay. out. Okay. <laughs> she liked yeah, that it. Happened. It was just late. You know, man, we're getting old. And it's like, you know, we go through stretches where two weeks she passes out at 10 o'clock. And then for a week I do. And well, Sleep. As you get older and as you get more busy, sleep is a very enticing beast. I mean, you really want to. You know, when you get a chance, sometimes even the things you love, you'd rather go to sleep than do the things you love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's the way it is. But anyway, I watched it. Uh, it was pretty good. It, uh, I was actually kind of surprised at how much I liked it. Um, I don't know why that is, though, because I enjoyed First Class as well. But I don't know. Brian Singer, for some strange reason, it seems like the X-Men universe, it's like he really just gets that universe. You're not hearing that buzzing noise, are you? No, I'm not. Okay, good. I'm just hearing it on my end. I want to make sure it's not here on the recording. That's okay. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was good. We're, probably won't make my top 30, but uh, it was good. One of the better super. It's been a good year for superhero films. Most superhero yeah. films I've seen this year I've liked. It's so, been a really good year for superhero yeah. films. Yeah. And for, 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 big budget, for big budget superhero films. Yeah. I've complained in years past, but this year, most of the ones I've seen, I've liked quite a bit. So. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see, I'm trying to think what else I watched. Seems like I watched another uh, superhero film, but I can't remember. Uh, Jesus, I can't remember what else Guardians? I watched. Guardians? No, I haven't watched Guardians yet. See, I'll just go through a couple more. I watched Last Days in uh, Vietnam. Oh, yes. Documentary. 
it popped up on a few people's list. Uh, critics out there, directed by Rory Kennedy, who's the daughter of Bobby Kennedy, for those who don't know. Oh, interesting, then. We kind of know, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she's directed some pretty great documentaries. One called American Hollow that's really good about Eastern Kentucky that I recommend everybody check out, and and uh, a couple others, uh, usually politically tinged, uh, as maybe you would guess. I don't know if that was her intentions, but they seem to have all been politically tinged, everything she's ever been attached to. It's really good. Uh, it'll probably, yeah, it'll it'll be on my top thirty. I'm not going to be coy about it. Uh, I think it's kind of been overlooked by quite a few people. So I kind of hope that people will check it out. It kind of tells the. I don't want to give it away for those who don't know, but uh, kind of tells a pretty harrowing story that I'm actually surprised hasn't been turned into a fictional film because it would probably be a real, a real whiz banger as they say on the streets. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what streets those are, but they're probably not the streets of fire. The streets so. of Mayberry, Darby. Real wish banger, Darby. Yeah. Um, but really good stuff. Uh, and uh, I watched that last night, and I was really pleasantly surprised. And it seems like there was something else I wanted to talk about that I watched, but man, I just can't remember right now. And I don't want to. I don't want to befuddle and kind of just kind of just gets more and more murky, like uh, like that stranger at the lake. <laughs> well. Like why is this uh why is this uh kind of luminescent fluid floating in this lake? How about that dude that just kept showing up, man? Everyone got so annoyed with. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean Zom? Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I like that movie. I mean, I I don't like I said I don't think it'll be on my top thirty, but I don't know because I think it's one of those ones that's gonna stick around me for a while. But I tell you what, here's what I will say. I know you watched that and i remember last year you talked a little bit about brian de palma a little bit with that and i got that vibe but you definitely need to check out grand piano then because it's on my list and it's on instant yeah, yeah that's a full tilt brian de palma homage like that director cannot deny <laughs> he cannot uh deny one bit that he is riffing on brian de palma so oh yeah all right that, that's all i got i'll let you go ahead and get some of the stuff you watched i think i've watched so i might be able to go with you on that man i gotta tell you not to interject here i do want to just uh say our condolences to the family of Darren Shalavi, a really celebrated, wonderful martial artist. And as I'm seeing this, this is very surreal uh, on my Facebook. One of my good friends I worked with for a number of years, I just found out she was cousins with him because there was a big post wow. about him. Um, you know, there's a pretty large, I think he was Iranian, large Persian community in Toronto. And there's a pretty long post here about um, how he actually lived here with them uh, one summer or one year when, he, when they were younger. So... Man, yeah, he was pretty not a not a superstar, but a pretty talented guy that was in a lot of films that uh, a lot of films people probably don't even know he's in. Actually. Yeah, oh for sure. And if you know, I mean, if you know martial arts films, I mean, you've seen him in things. If you've seen enough, it's that's that's very sad. Very sad. Forty two. Yeah, he was in uh, he was in Ip Man recently, right? Ip Man. We yeah. Did. Yeah, he was in that. That's right. Uh, he did a lot of stuff, man. Worked with a lot of people. Um, so yeah, certainly rest in peace. Um. So, yeah, uh, busy, busy time. Did I talk about – man, I've watched a lot of shit. Yeah, you have. But two we weeks. haven't done the show for two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> did I talk about um, – I did talk about the double and I talked about the rover and I talked about – I didn't talk about R100 though, did I? Uh, no, you didn't talk about that. But that just reminded me I watched another documentary called Art and Craft that people should probably cram. Yes. It's pretty, yes, it's pretty good. I don't know if it will make my top 30, but it's definitely cram worthy. Yeah, I heard it was good stuff. Oh, boom, there you go. <laughs> Um, no, you yeah. didn't talk about R100. I don't think you R100 did. is uh, absurdist, surrealist Japanese humor, and it's about basically about a dude who he joins this club where 
they say that, you know what, when you join this club, you cannot back out, you cannot quit, no matter what you say or do, for one year. Um, and basically what happens is a dominatrix will show up and humiliate him at any point in his life. Whether he's at the office, at home with his kid. Um, it's, that does sound very, very Japanese. Yeah, it's it's very it's very very funny. If it's your thing, I mean, if it's not, some people are gonna fucking hate that film. But it's yeah. good. It's uh, it's good. I meant to see it for some time, and you know, man, Japanese films sometimes are so hard to see. So yeah, uh, yeah. so I had a chance to. See. I think a lot, might... a lot of Asian stuff. A lot of Asian stuff this year is hard to see. I really, I only know of a few offhand that are the big the big hitters that people are telling me to cram, but you know. Yeah. I might be able to, I might not. Well, I'm hoping that both of us will get to see the Ken Watanabe version of Unforgiven. Right? Because yeah. I meant to see that last year and I didn't get a chance to. So we'll see. Yep. Uh, watch one on Instant, uh, a family film. I think it was Braden's pick. He's had a pretty good track record, man. Pretty good track record. He picked one called Thunder and the House of Magic. Uh, it's about basically a cat, his family leaves. He moves into this house with this old magi- magician. There's lots of automatons in the house and a little bit Beetlejuice, a little bit Home Alone, a little bit Toy Story. Um, pretty good stuff and handsomely uh, animated. So it's on instant. I'd, I think it's a Belgian film. Uh, I was hoping you'd keep going. Say a little bit this, a little bit that, a little bit Stranger by the Lake. I was like, a little oh. bit Stranger by the Lake, yeah. <laughs> no kidding, man. Thanks for well, it's Bel- Belgian animation. You never know. Yeah, that's a good point, man. Belgians can be transgressive. <laughs> Then uh, I stayed in French speaking. Oh, this was that was dubbed in English for those wanting to watch it with their kids. It's solid, solid film for sure. Not a classic, but you know I, I get weary sometimes because I man I get I have to watch a lot of like um, yeah. a lot of uh, global cheaply animated films from around the world now that are on Netflix dubbed in English. Yeah, and that that can be a rough, rough <laughs> go. So this yeah. one was good. <laughs> Force Majeure was the next one I did. I'd meant to see it at TIFF. I didn't get a chance to. Um, it's a good film. I told you you should cram it. Uh, anyone that gets yeah. a chance to see it should see it. There's one scene in that film that is so GGTMC. Nice. <laughs> and you see it, man. When you, I posted a screenshot of it a few weeks ago. But, but I think, all that aside, I think it's, you know what, I don't want to say too much, but I think it it is a fascinating film. Uh, yeah, very good stuff. Uh, yeah, I know the I know the whole backdrop and the setup, uh, oh, and it was on my list to cram anyway. So it's such a tantalizing setup. Yeah, and for those that uh, are in the states, uh, we can I, it is available to rent on iTunes. So yeah, it's so there. I'd highly recommend it. Uh, one that I you know I always try to you know pound the pavement, get some stuff from the world over that maybe no one's really talking about that that sounds interesting. So I took a chance on one called Brazilian Western. Uh, it's a period, I think, 70s and 80s period set uh, Brazilian film, kind of a star-crossed lovers, but gritty kind of, um, you know, gritty period piece. It looks good, not very not very great. Won't make my top 30 for sure. Uh, jumped over to mainland China again. Uh, did one that I'd heard some really good things about. I think James Marsh was a fan of, and a few other people, Blind Massage. And it's a film about blind masseuse is, or is that even a word? Masseuses? Blind masseuses? 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 Yeah. Those fucking guys only, those guys only massage you with one hand, the, the though. The prostate there by the Ken Waller technique. <laughs> like easy on the, easy on the glutes there. Yeah. <laughs> but this. Whoa, that's not, that's not the glutes, dude. That's not the glutes, man. That's the bowling grip there by. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. 
Th- this one, uh, this is a good film, man. Quiet film, simple, but um, I've been pleased with some of the mainland Chinese film I've seen over the past couple of years because they've they haven't been as sort of jingoistic and patriotic and stuff. And good film. Uh, next up was one that uh, I jumped on the grenade. You know, you and I kind of joke about sometimes we'll say, you know, I'm not going to watch it unless you really tell me I have to. So I watched yeah, yeah, Starry yeah, Eyes. That- yeah, we, 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 we should let people know who maybe are new to the show, but I, I don't think it's new news to anybody. New news? I don't think it's news to anybody that uh, has listened to the show for years, but sometimes with the cramming, uh, we one of us may have access to something somebody else don't, but also one of us might fall on a grenade for something that isn't really a genre where it, the other one isn't really super interested in jumping into. So uh, in this case, yes, Will jumped on the grenade for me. Yeah, and Starry Eyes wasn't that great. Great title, great setup. Execution was very amateur and, and a little too self-satisfied for its own good for me. So it yeah. didn't really work. Uh, next up, documentary that um, I'll be f- uh, good. St- uh, you know what? It's a good documentary. I don't think it, they, I don't think they quite pulled it off as much as they could. Called the Green Prince. It's about uh, the son of one of the heads of um, uh, not the PLO. Um, such as an H, oh, gosh, the Palestinian organization, ha- Hamas? No, no, no. Was oh, it Hamas? Oh. Yeah, this just popped up on uh, iTunes or some of the streaming sites for rental. Yeah, is it Hamas? Uh, I think it's Hamas. Yeah, it has to be Hamas. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, one of the sons of Hamas goes and becomes an informant for the Israeli CIA, basically. Yeah. True story. I mean, it's a documentary, so very tantalizing setup. Uh, it's good, uh, you know. Um, Say no more. Uh, then I did hashtag Koi Roy. Hashtag Koi Roy. Uh, <laughs> um, it's uh, next up was Twenty Thousand Days on Earth, the Nick Cave documentary. Now, yeah, that's on that's on my list. Yeah, you know, it's really good. It's very stylish. I'm very indifferent to Nick Cave. Um, yeah. The music, yeah, not really my bag, but I admire yeah. his his songwriting ability and you know he's, he's he's an artist i admire more than more than um like or enjoy it's a good documentary right, right. i think even as a, an outsider there's a lot to appreciate with it so good yeah, stuff good. uh then i went to instant i started my last week my monday off with a miserable documentary about third-term abortions called after tiller um yeah, yeah you know i spoke about this one man it's a real bummer um I, you know for the record i'm pro-choice uh but in saying that um, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult, it's a difficult subject and very much a, a heavy yeah, subject. Right. And it, despite their beliefs, I think they handle it with a lot of, uh, tenderness and subtlety and, yeah. you know, they, they try to be as delicate as they can with the subject. Um, I can think of very few political issues that are more of a, a lightning rod attached to a tinderbox oh. third-term abortions. Yeah, it's... Yeah, <laughs> Not to make even, light of the subject, but, no. I mean, you talk about, you know, you talk about getting into material that's going to fucking either piss people off one way or the other. I mean, it's going to... Well, that's the thing, and the thing of it is, the irony in all this, and the thing that infuriates me is how a lot of these doctors are assassinated. It's like, man, like, yeah. how... Like the, the the ridiculous irony in that you're pro life, but you're killing someone to prove your point. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying people don't have a right to be justified in their beliefs, but murder is never justification for, 
your stance on something. But anyway, you know, this isn't the show, certainly, but very good documentary. But, you know, I wouldn't recommend it if you've had a bad day. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Next it's not a it's not a Oreos and milk kind of movie. Clearly, no, definitely, definitely not a big bowl of no. hot butter popcorn and, Ooh. you know, yeah. not one of those. Uh, next up was another one on Instant because they've been recommending some stuff. I found this app. Um, man, I was a Google Chrome extension. I think I told you about. Uh, fuck, I can't remember what it's called. Let me see if I can find it when we're talking here. And what it does is, when I go to Netflix, it also show, also shows me the Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb scores as well as what they think I'm going to give it. So I've been adding some films to my queue based on this, and this one they thought I would love. It's called The Retrieval. It's a uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I, I saw this a few months back and forgot to talk about it. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what. This won't make my list. I'll be forthright in saying that, but I will say yeah. this. Yeah. I think the filmmaker's talented on, yep. a, on a small budget, and the male lead, uh, not the boy, but the the man that, that they're looking for that he befriends, Yeah, man, that guy had presence, great look, mm-hmm. and I'd love to see him in some more film. Yeah, I think you will. I think you will. Good I, I think that film, man. yeah, that film is, it's not, like you said, it's not great. But it is very solid and very good. I think it's like, you know, right around, right under, like maybe right under a 7 for me or right at a 7. Yeah, I would say, yes, yeah, 6.75 to 7.25 in yeah. there. Yeah, people should check it out. It's on People should, should check it out. Check it's it instant. Out. It's 90 minutes long. It's it's basically on the outskirts of the U.S. Civil War. Uh, an African-American boy is sent north by his bounty hunter gang to retrieve a wanted man, also an African-American. Um, they get the most of the out of the budget. It, it's well shot and, and you know, yeah. great locations for the money they had. So, and I, yeah, the, yeah it's, the, it's ultra. I don't know what the budget was, but I, from what I understand, it's pretty, it's pretty ultra low budget. Yeah. But, but the lead uh, that I'm talking about, Tishon Scott is his name. He was in computer chess, which I loved last year. And this guy, I, I really would like to see big things from him because he was really good in the film. So I just wanted to get that out there because I won't get to talk about it during a year-end show. Yep. Uh, what else do we got here? A million and one things. Um, next up was a documentary that I am going to be talking about on my year-end show, and I, I don't want to be too coy about it or coy at all because it really moved me more than any film I've seen this year. I don't know how that's going to translate into um, film uh, and how it uh, you know measures up with my list, but it's called blood brother and it's on YouTube, Amazon prime, Netflix, instant on DVD. It's what a young, young man, maybe mid to late twenties who kind of fell into uh, volunteering at a, an orphanage in India where a lot of uh, orphans, uh, Oh, well all the orphans had AIDS and um, it's, it's a beautifully done documentary. I can't recommend it enough. It, it made me cry as hard as any film I've seen since dear Zachary um, it compelled me to want to do something. And in the next few months, you know, Sammy and I spoke this behind the scenes. I am going to get something in place where I want to start sending a little bit of money this way, even if it's $20 a month or something to, you know, do something because it, it really moved me. And I think that's, uh, you know, a testament to the, the film and the cause certainly. So yeah, yeah good stuff, uh, heavy stuff, but, uh, good stuff. Um, next up was one that, man, everyone's been going crazy about. Everyone's been going crazy about, uh, J Jonah Jameson and he's a real motherfucker in this. And, <laughs> You know, J.K. Simmons and Whiplash. And uh, it's yeah. a good film. I, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm surprised the filmmaker hasn't done more. I won't see any more yeah. than that. Koi Roy. Hashtag Koi Roy. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's on, it's on my list to cram. I mean, it's a buzz film. Everybody's talking about it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hearing, you know, it doesn't doesn't reinvent the wheel, but no. it, it, it is a nice set of tires. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, Darden Brothers' new film, they all, their films are always cram-worthy. Uh, I don't think we've done yeah. with their films, but I think their films are ones that when you and I like to stretch our legs on dramatic reviews, they make films that lend themselves to the stuff we like. This was uh, Two Days, One Night. Solid film. And again, I'll, I won't really say a whole lot more than that. Hashtag. Uh, hashtag. <laughs> Uh, next up, uh, t- one that had been on my list forever, man. I think I even meant to try and cram it last year, and I couldn't get my my dirty hands on it. Uh, Tim's Vermeer. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. You did watch Tim's Vermeer. Yeah, it's cool, man. Very cool documentary. Um, uh, the thing I'll tell you what, even if this film does or doesn't make my list, the thing I applaud about this is the titular Tim. I love that they celebrate a, a person like him who has a passion for creativity and the pursuit of knowledge in the most selfless and unpretentious way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Oh, to be Tim and to, uh, be able to pursue passions like he gets to do. I mean, I just Man. so envious of him. Big time, big time. Uh, next up was uh, a piece of shit Chinese, uh, <laughs> uh, animated film that William wanted to watch <laughs> called agent Fox. It's on instant. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not very yeah. good. You know, yeah. not very good. Um, moving along, we did the Grand Budapest Hotel. <laughs> West. Hashtag Koi Roy on Asian Fox. Hashtag Koi Roy. Well, it's funny because right after I watched it, I saw that loaf hashtag Cram Jam 2014. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 He knows what he knows what the motherfucker. Um, then uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, Wes Anderson, uh, Moonrise Kingdom was a disappointment to Sammy and I. This one is a nice bounce back. I think largely on the performance of Ray Fiennes. Um, yeah, so I'm going to cram it. I'm going to cram it because you liked it. So I mean, I don't know how much I liked, you liked it. it I, you know, I, I wouldn't like say you know it's 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 definitely not uh, you know the greatest thing ever made, but it's you know I'd be curious to see. I, I don't think um, got nominated for best picture too, so I'm kind of curious now. Yeah, well, you know, I think if nothing else, I don't think you'll hate it. I'll say that. I don't think you'll hate it. Um, the first 10 or 15 minutes, I felt like, come on, Wes, you're just being so Anderson-y right now. Um, and then I kind of worked through that. The film gets moving. So, And it's it's the most sort of, as I said to you, the most kind of uh, bloodletting and and um, uh, kind of gruesome of all of his films. It's his cruelest film, maybe, which is bizarre. Yeah. Uh, next up, another documentary that was kind of both of us had our eyes on. I know you had a chance to see it before I did. Rich Hill, another sad documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not maybe... Maybe not as brutally sad as the other two you watch, but certainly uh, not another. It's certainly not a film you watch when you had a bad day either. No, you know, a generational kind of sadness, and and uh, looks at three, you know, uh, lower class boys growing up in Missouri. Uh, you know, uh, interesting certainly, uh, and it's very sad. Um, yeah, a lot of psychology at play there. Big time. I always think about the ADHD boy and his mom who loves him, but man, she is cruel sometimes. Oh, you know, and I felt bad for the one mother too that was in prison. It, it seemed like they got a raw deal there, from what we saw. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. I mean, of course, you don't know all the details. We don't know all the it details. Felt like a raw deal. Yeah. It felt like a raw deal, and you know, and then again, to, to keep doing with that, I felt bad for the boy that seemed, at least on the surface, to have adjusted the best to his surroundings and, and seemed to be, you know, really positive outlook on life. Had the younger sister had his dad around, but his dad, fuck man, that guy was such a dreamer. He had his head in the clouds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the, I think the best thing about that documentary is that generational, you know, the way yeah, the way a parent can let a kid down without meaning to let them down. That's right. I mean, 
and that's that's a tough thing to say because I am a parent and I do believe that you you know this this is just my personal belief I don't push this upon anybody else but I believe if you commit to being a parent or a dog owner or whatever you do everything you can in your power to make that thing's life as 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 pleasant as possible you got to give up everything you can man push yeah but unfortunately some people don't think that way they have problems of their own and they have kids they don't expect sometimes or maybe they did expect it I don't know but that dad character, yeah, he was a true, I mean, he was a true sad sack. I mean, really, I mean, I'm, I'm not making fun of him or or saying that, you know, he's an awful human being. I just, no, because I don't think he was. I think he did love his kids, but he just had his head in the clouds. Yeah, yeah he just, yeah, and he just seemed, he seemed to have some social issues and yeah, other he things. Yeah, he did. And, and like yeah. I said, the other mom was, the other mom was smacking kids and smoking cigarettes, but she seemed yeah. to love her boy. She did seem to love the boy, but again, I think that they've given us a bit of a spectrum as far as different situations that are encountered with you know with kids in lower lower class families you know yeah, it's pretty that, raw it's a pretty raw document it's a good it's a good one it's i don't good. know if it'll make my top 30 but yeah. it's raw no i would agree with you on that uh next up again going just left field decided to take it to iceland and uh do of horses and men the cover has a, a man on a horse uh and the horse that he's riding is getting mounted by another horse so i was expecting right. kind of absurdist a little stranger by the lake action. A little stranger by the lake, yeah. A little black beauty thereby. Um, <laughs> but this one's no black okay. Be- I, I, no black beauties in Stranger by the Lake. No, there's no. Yeah, no. And now that I said that, when I said that, I kind of thought to myself, there was no black beauties in <laughs> in uh, the old lakey. So, um, yeah. But uh, horses, uh, horses, men. You know, it's good. Uh, I like absurdist humor. <laughs> there's some bizarre stuff. I don't know if it'll make my list, but it's uh, you know. It's interesting, European absurdist humor. Uh, next up, one that I think you might have seen, or I know it's on your list, The Holmesman. Yes, indeed it is. And it's on my list primarily. I mean, I've, I've read mixed things, but uh, Red Waffle Paul really wants me to check it out. So I put it on my list. I trust Red Waffle Paul quite a bit. So Yeah. No, he's, you know, anything, he's same with me. He'll, he he said to me, you know, you got to check out the Darden Brothers film. I said, brother, believe yeah. me, I wanted to. But he, he I think he has a finger on the pulse of what we dig and... You know, yeah. was trying to trying to, but I, I you know, Holmesman's a good one. It's interesting. I think it it, it um, defies a lot of genre conventions. Uh, it does its own thing, and you know, it's going to work for some people. But it's going to bother some others. You know, so interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Can't wait to watch it. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, no, definitely. X Men. Like I said, I'll have to get back to you on. Uh, I didn't mind what I saw. You know, I'm not. I, I was a comic book guy when I was young. I'm certainly not a comic book nerd by any means, or you know, not even. I don't even want to use that term. Really, it comes across as a bit snootier than I intended. Yeah. I'm not. Um, I'm not one of these people that that is fact checking. What I mean meant by nerd was more of a a, a factual kind of. Uh, you know, everything has to be the the way it was written by Claremont or or anything yeah. else. But yeah. in in saying that, I just it's weird for me the chronology and the the inclusion of certain characters in that storyline, like the way Mystique's played such a big part in these films, which is so baffling because she was such a fringe character in the comics. And yeah, well, yeah. I mean, when you cast, uh, you know, America's Jennifer Lawrence. number one, yeah, actress right now, number one box office actress. I think you have to, you know, you kind of have to play to your favorites. Uh, she is fun as Mystique in all, in all defense yeah. of her. No, she is for sure. But just, you know, I like, I like that Brian Singer has kind of made the X-Men his thing. Yeah. Um, because he's done other stuff and he hasn't done this one. And I think Brian Singer's a really good filmmaker. I, he's a good filmmaker. I, you know, I think he, you know, he makes big budget movies, but I think he makes solid big budget movies, not yeah. great movies. Oh, it's solid for sure. You're not going to leave the theater thinking it's a turd. Yeah. 
Uh, that one, it, the only thing I can say bad about X-Men Days of Future Past, it's a little, it's a little overlong, but I can say that about every comic book film anymore. It felt a bit cheap in spots. I don't know if that, early on it did anyway. Like, I felt like, man, this should yeah. be better. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they, they go for the 70s thing and spots, and then, of course, that, that CG at the beginning does feel a little... That felt a bit wonky. I was like, am I watching a work print of this or something? Yeah, because the the, the, the um what are they called the uh, the sentinels centurions the sentinels yeah sentinels centurions. the sentinels <laughs> yeah yo fastbender man uh, but the sentinels <laughs> don't like they look they don't look the same as they were in the comics clearly yeah you know so. maybe you couldn't go with that look but I feel like they could have designed the sentinels better I don't think yeah. I don't really care for the design in the movie yeah no nor do I uh, next up was one again genre film I heard some good things about coherence um, you know. Oh, yeah. Sort of, yeah, it's sort of in the vein of, and I think CDR as well, and maybe Tanner Paul, I can't remember who else, but uh, this one, I think maybe Jakey Poo, this one is sort of in the, the sort of vein of like a Time Crimes or a Primer, which I haven't seen Primer, but uh, in that sort of uh, mind-bending kind of, um, you know, time travel E, doppelganger E, um, <laughs> some things going on, some heady, yeah, yeah. some heady stuff. I'll say this. Uh, it's a it's a good film, um, really well written, really well, well acted for a genre film. So, nice, nice. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it'll make my list, but it's worth a watch. Absolutely, I, I quite like it. I, I was very impressed with the writing and the acting in the film. Uh, next up on instant, uh, here's Aku Koryeda, like father, like son. Um, I, I, I hope you cram this film. Uh, it's a good film, softball sell for you know for guys like us that are dads. The the, the pitch for the film is, um, you know, after five years, I think it is, a couple finds out that the son, their son was there was a mix up in the hospital and they have to make a decision between their son, their blood, or the son they've raised, thinking he was their son. Wow, it's yeah, a complicated issue, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but you know, in typical creative fashion, it's handled with a lot of grace and tenderness. I would highly recommend it. It's, it's not misery porn in any in any way. I mean, he's he's a he's a classy filmmaker, you know. So I, I would recommend you maybe check it if you get a chance. It's it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, next up was Life Itself, the Roger Ebert documentary. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, man, I had a week of like I got to start watching some really peppy because I was going to watch the Jimmy Valvano one too. I'm like, man, I got to stop with these. I'm going to start crying. Just yeah, you might not want to watch the Val- You might want to wait a couple weeks on that Valvano one. Well, I almost watched it after Blood Brother. I was like, man, are you crazy? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, so don't watch that. Don't watch. Uh, don't watch Hillsborough and Survive in Advance, and don't watch. Uh, there's another one too. There's another one of those that's really pretty sad. So. Oh man, I forgot about Hillsborough. I got to try to cram that. Um, oof, I can't. I don't, I'll never watch Hillsborough again. That was oof. Man, I'm getting I'm getting chills just thinking about some of the imagery I saw. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, I can't even imagine. Um, Life itself is very good. Uh, I think Steve James did it. It was he the guy did Hoop Dream Hoop Dreams. Yeah, 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 yeah. He got real tight with Roger in Hoop Dreams. You know, which is a if anybody hasn't seen Hoop Dreams, they should see Hoop Dreams. It's a great film. Yeah, it is. It is a fantastic document. Criterion put it out. A fantastic documentary. This one's really good, man. You know, it's poignant. you know, it's a good documentary, certainly. Uh, you know, a lot of people in our community will, will certainly appreciate it. Uh, next up, decided to stay stay as classy and highbrow as I could. It was um, Braden's turn for movie night. He chose Spooky Buddies. 
<laughs> nice. Yeah, Spooky Buddies, man. It's got that Prince of Darkness ending with the mirror. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, the Buddies films are out there. I mean, you got five talking dogs, one of which is a hip-hop dog, and, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> Just thankfully, uh, you know, those those aren't made in Hong Kong. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, uh, <laughs> yeah. racist somehow, I would feel. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, wouldn't be good. Um, then the next up was The Wonders, uh, Italian film with Sam Lewick, the Belgian actor who was in um, uh, X Drummer, the tall bald guy that had the the kid and the and the wife. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He he was in also in Twenty uh, Second of May. So I kind of track him. Anything he does, you know, an Italian film by an Italian German filmmaker. I think his name's Alice Rohrocker. Uh, it's just about a family in the Etruscan uh, mountains. They're honey farmers, and um, a bit of a coming of age. They have three daughters, and this was really good, man. Really nice. good. So nice. this was really good. And then I'd meant to see Tangerines for some time. I think it's a Georgian film, and it, now it's got nominated for best foreign film. Which I think mommy got the shaft, even not having seen it, man. Xavier Dolan got robbed. But um, but Tangerines, uh, very, very good film. Uh, basically about a, a tangerine farmer who, you know, two, kind of a simple setup. And we've seen this setup, the Sun and Kenna setup before, but um, two soldiers at different, uh, for different factions end up injured at his house. Uh, oh. And he's to take care of them, so. Yeah, uh, good, very good film, though. It, it's worthy of the nomination. I haven't seen the other ones. to come. I think I might have seen one or two of the other ones, but I haven't seen all of them to say they're all worthy of it. So, um, The Internet's Own Boy, which I've been to see for a while. I know you caught somewhat some time ago. Uh, yeah, not, not too long ago, actually. Yeah, just a few weeks back, about yeah. a month ago, maybe. And it's a good one. I, I got about 20 minutes left in it. I was watching it as I was making dinner. So, But very yeah. good, man. And, and again, I think uh, you know it's important we have people like him. Sadly, you know, he's, he's not with us anymore. Not a spoiler, but... Um, no, if anybody knows him, uh, they know you know what happened. It just happened, I think, what last year, two years ago. So I think so. I think so. Yeah. It's uh, pretty, it's a, pretty, uh, pretty sad deal. Very sad deal. But you know, I, I applaud him for for you know being the kind of person he was. Uh, I think it's important. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have very strong personal opinions about sharing information, and yeah. uh, I don't. I, I believe hoarding information is the crime of the uh, of the human race. Yeah. No, for sure, man. For sure. So it's a very good one. I think it's on YouTube, and I think he wanted it that way. I mean, it's very much in the spirit of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Yeah. So uh, it's out there. The Internet's own boy. Uh, check it out. Uh, and then, uh, again, I, you know, because I have to watch – not have to. It sounds certainly awful. Because I, I watch a lot of films with my kids at dinner time. You know, we do movie nights and roll out the checker blanket and eat and watch a movie. Uh, it was my turn, and I'm trying to get a few of the kids' films in. If I, like, so it's, it's cram, but it's like kids' films. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to cram the kids' films, too. I mean, some people, you know, are saying they're the best films of the year. So Yeah, no, for sure. So I did How to Train Your Dragon 2. Now, I got to be honest, the first one left me very, like, I, would, I wouldn't care if I ever saw it again. Right. Just right. very indifferent. You know, I have sentimental ties to it. was William's first movie on a big screen. You know, we were at an outdoor screening. He shit his drawers. We had to leave a few minutes early, but I you know, dropped <laughs> the old Snickers bar there by. Yeah, but, yeah. Well, uh, you know. I've done that a few times at a few yeah, movie screenings I've, myself. I've been there, man. If it wasn't How to Train Your Dragon, it was Enter, your, enter the Dragon. Who Enter Your Dragon? Ooh, <laughs> yeah. it's a different kind of film, man. How to Enter Your Dragon. Yeah, Exit the Dragon. <laughs> enter the Cotton. Yeah, I pulled out. It looked like a Snicker bar there, boy. Oh, man. Yeah, that's right, man. As long as it's not a melted Snickers bar. You know, anyone said to change a diaper, thank God for the, the, the still solid uh, versus the melted in the sun. 
Oh, yeah. Those are the worst. Those Those are the worst. worst. (laughs) Up and down the legs and the back. Good times. Oh, man. So bad. Such a bad deal. Yeah. But uh, this one, you know, I wasn't really on board early on, man. The medieval thing is just just not my vibe. It's just not my vibe. But I got to say, you know, it won me over. Uh, I got a lump in my throat. Cool. Uh, um, the dragon design is amazing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've heard the animation is uh, a true, uh, pretty much a revelation. Like it's like exceptional. It looks very good. The big set pieces look tremendous. Um, uh, you know, it, it's quite good. I don't think it's in the same. Like for me, Lego Movie is far and away the best animated film this year. Yeah, far and away. Um, but but this was good, and you know, it was. I'd have to say it was very endearing. There's a moment, not to spoil anything, but there's a moment when the father is put in peril, and my six-year-old son, you know, William, he covered my eyes. It oh, was yeah, yeah. One of those moments, you know, you don't forget. So, and then I finished. Yeah, my, my, it's funny you say that. My son does that when he sees something he knows I haven't seen, and he knows like a character's going to get upset or something like that. You know, he'll say, "Dad, close your eyes." That's what he'll say. That's cool, man. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah, it makes me feel good. It means he's got some empathy, thank God. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> I don't want him doing that and then going outside and swinging a cat around by its tail. By its tail. Fence, you know? Yeah, we're not raising sociopaths, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's always the biggest fear as a parent. Yeah, you know, you look, out the, look out the back door and, you know. Meow. <laughs> Fido or Pussy Pussy has just gotten yeah. thrown over the fence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not that I would ever name a cat Pussy Pussy, but I wish I could. Yeah, it'd be wicked. <laughs> it would be good, man. Uh, finish the week with Birdman. Uh, nice. This was one I had high hopes for. High hopes for indeed. Inarutu is a filmmaker that uh, has never let me down. I love everything he's done up until yep. this point. So we'll see if he continued the uh, <laughs> continued the trend when we do our yeah. top thirty show. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm still going to cram that. Uh, it's it kind of you know when it came out, it had a real a whole lot of buzz. Everybody was talking about it, and then it kind of faded for a while, and then. Michael Keaton won the Golden Globe, and it kind of people talk about it again. But it seems to have lost quite a bit of steam over the last uh, couple months. Yeah, but the awards, uh, goodness, the awards. I'll tell you what, though. You know what it feels like to me. I really was struck by this night. I haven't read the reviews. I don't really read too many reviews anymore, unless I'm trying to find out about a film I don't know anything about. I knew a lot about this film. Was it really struck me as as a little bit of an actor's contemporary version of like Eight and a Half? Yeah, yeah. You know, but. Um, yeah, it, it got a little bit of buzz. It, I'll tell you, it's crazy. As much as there hasn't been maybe some representation of color and ethnicity at the Oscars, which you know is, is pretty, you know, that's a we could spend a long time talking to you about even that, you know. But um, it's really an interesting year when films like Boyhood, Grand Budapest Hotel, and Birdman get nominated for as like the front runners. It's, it's but let's think yeah, of the I glasses mean, half full here. I mean, thankfully yeah, all the yeah, Oscar I mean, Beatty films like we wouldn't like who wants to have the Imitation Game and. Uh, the Stephen Hawking film, you know, with with nine nominations each. No disrespect yeah. to those films, but they they're yeah. conventional Oscar films. Yeah, yeah, and even even Selma to me is a conventional Oscar film. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it screams Oscar bait to me. Yeah, totally. I mean, not that it's so, not a good film. I'm cramming it. I have high hopes for it. Yeah, I'm not so, cramming it because I know the story too well, and I just yeah. don't feel like it'll revisit. You know, it. it'll it'll light my world on fire. I'm sure it's probably good. I'm. I'm I'm sure of that. Everybody I know likes it. But. And David Oello's a tremendous, tremendous, tremendous actor. Yeah. So. Well, I should say that I watched, I, I do remember one other way I watched. I watched Frank. Oh, man. I was going to, I'm meaning to cram that. It's on instant, right? Yeah. 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 And I think you should cram it because I thought Frank was pretty exceptional. I, I, I kind of only half heartedly crammed it. I thought, eh, I might like this. I might not. But I ended up liking it a lot. So, 
Uh, I would definitely keep it on your list. I mean, you can go one way or the other. It is a bizarre film in some ways, but uh, in other ways, it's it's really very uh, very interesting. Nice. It handles maybe social media better than any film I think I've ever seen. Oh wow, that's Uh, saying something. Yeah, I mean, but what I'm what I mean by that is actually the the injecting of social media into. Uh, characters' lives, whereas you know, it's not like like uh, not like the social network or something, which is about the creation of a social media website. But how I just felt like it felt like this is the way people actually really use social media to me. So I found that very interesting and uh, kind of poignant. I'm going to cram it then, and it's got a good cast. So yeah, and Fassbender's great. Uh, he's great. I mean, uh, if you want to really see how great of an actor Michael Fassbender is put a giant paper mache on his head and still get a great performance out of him. Uh, it's, it's amazing. He's, you know, he was one I was slow to warm up to. And then I mm-hmm. saw hunger a couple years ago and it rocked my world. And I was still slow to warm up to him. And then I saw a couple other things. Then I saw shame. Yeah. I was like, man, this guy's legit. This guy's like top 10 for me. Maybe top. He's five. the real deal. And what I, what I like about him the most is that he's not afraid to do like genre movies, like no. he'll pop into a horror film or, or put a paper mache head on his head. <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't really, no you know, it's not, he, yeah, he doesn't have that uh, sense of, you know, I'm a big movie star, I'm going to make nothing but, you know, I could be Magneto, I want a Magneto movie, you know? Yeah. Uh, he just, you know, he comes along for the ride, and he's great as Magneto, and he's great in everything. I mean, really, I can't think of anything that Michael Fassbender's done over the last few years that I haven't thought was exceptional. Even The Counselor, the Ridley Scott movie, he, he is great in that. My wife liked that film, and she said, I would like it. Um, but I'm a little bit skeptical because the cast, everyone involved, it should be like the, the easily the number one film of the year. Yeah. Well, yeah, to a point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm still wrestling with the counselor quite a bit, but I will say this. I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Enough that, uh, I was going to buy the Blu-ray recently and I didn't because, I just didn't want to spend the money, but I will be buying the Blu-ray, yes. Oh, wow. Oh, Koi Roy. Hashtag. Yeah. Little, little, little hashtagging going on there. Little hashtag. Nice. I, it, it's overlong, but, I mean, if you like Coen Brother movies and you Which like... Do. Yeah, and you like this, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> this dark crime movies with a bit of a... It, it's pretty good, and it is a gorgeous movie. I mean... Say what people can say about Ridley Scott, you make certain kind of movies. But I've, every time I see a Ridley Scott movie, they're usually gorgeous, and this one's no exception. Yeah, nice. Okay, good, good. And Javier Bardem is amazing as well in the movie. Well, so. it's got Pitt, Bardem, and Fassbender. Who, you know, if I had to make a list of top five to eight favorite working actors, they're all in there. Yeah, and there's some other character actors in there you'll like too. Yeah, you should definitely. I don't know if you should cram it, but you should definitely check it out at some point. Good, good to know. Good to know. Okay, cool. Uh, that's it. I think we are going to take a br- break. Oh, man. Yeah, we're going to take a break. Sorry. I just uh... Did you have that moment where you thought you didn't hit record? Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Every podcaster's nightmare. Yeah, it's about, a snick- I, uh, it's about a Snickers bar in my Zubaz. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Bad like, news uh, like me getting ready for the lake. Are you here? I'll let you hear it. Hang on. There we go. <laughs> little zipper action. The long there. inseam, there, buddy. <laughs> okay, Got my we're take a, suit on, there, buddy. We're going to take a break, head down to the lake, and we'll be right back. <laughs> it's 
if you like westerns, comedies, foreign films, horror movies, action adventure, and classic cinema, well, we don't have much of that, but if you like ass, titties, farting, burping, puffy nipples, poop, taboo porn, muffin tops, comic books, wrestling, mustaches, pie smashed on butts, cheese, taking baths, butt sex, gagging, milk, and the American flag, check out the Silva and Gold Podcast. We're the morons your mom warned you about while she was sitting on your face. Silva and Gold. We talk about movies and shit. Find us on iTunes or silverandgold.com. Hey, I'm in the studio finally again. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be playing at the Bill Belichick press conference. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> we just got news of some things for sports fans, so we don't even really talk about it because I'm sure all the people that listen to the show that like football like we do, they'll be talking about it on Facebook all day yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> so, yeah, it's going to be a lot of It'll be man. Yeah, there'll be a lot of conversation going on tomorrow. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I am back in the studio. Made it home in time to record some of this. I want to go over just a few more things that I watched because I do have the list yeah, in front of me. Yeah, please do. Oh, for uh, sure. Dinosaur 13, which is a documentary oh, about yes. a full uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, skeleton that was found in, I want to say, ooh, man, I can't remember the state exactly. But anyway, uh, I don't want to, I think it may have, been, may have been Dakota, maybe South Dakota. I think it was South Dakota. Anyway. Uh, very good stuff. I mean, I don't know if it'll make my top thirty, but it's certainly worth a watch. Uh, very. I mean, it, it, it was really. I, I was amazed how good it was. Uh, Captain, I heard good things about it. Yeah, it's good. Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Very good. That was also a very solid comic book film. Uh, yes. That one I wanted to bring up because I just found it odd. I was watching it and I was like, man, there's a lot of gunshots in this movie for a PG thirteen. <laughs> and I thought to a myself, would, would I do? I want my son to watch this. Do I not no. want him to watch it? I don't know. And and right now he's too young for it, but. Yeah, I'm not uh, letting my boys watch it. it. For me, I mean, I want to do what they feel is right, but man, it, it's 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 pretty violent. Yeah, outside of blood squibs, it's easily the, probably the most violent comic book film I've seen. I think it's like a Michael Mann film. It is in a lot of ways. Yeah, heavy in those spots, yeah. man. It's good. It's good. I did like it. It was a little long in spots, but I did like it. The introduction oh, yeah. of the Winter Soldier was handled a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It wasn't heavy handed. It was kind of mysterious, and I like that. I didn't. I didn't know that reveal because I didn't follow the comics. Yeah, that's more of a recent so I was like, thing. Oh. So. Shit. Yeah. It would have been much more better for you, but uh, I did know, but of course I didn't know back when they did it in the comics, so there we go. Uh, two more things. I watched the trip to Italy. I'd watched the trip uh, a couple years ago, and it made my top 30 list uh, really good. Steve Coogan, Rob uh, Brydon, uh, traveling around doing restaurant reviews and just bullshitting. Uh, good stuff. This one is gorgeous to look at because obviously they're on the coast of Italy and they're driving around. It's beautiful. Makes you want to travel. Also makes you want to eat. Uh, no doubt. Still pretty good, but I agree with Zom. Zom watched it, and I remember him saying it was not as good as the first, and I, I agree with that. But Steve Coogan and Rob uh, Brydon, I believe, are longtime friends, and they have conversations. Directed by Michael Winterbaum, so it's a lot of improv- improvisation, stuff like that. It's on Netflix Instant Watch. 
Probably not worth a cram, but certainly worth a watch at some point. Yeah, I got to be honest. The first one didn't really do much for me. Like it was like a six, six and a half for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it just depends on you know, do you want to spend time with those people or not? So, it is interesting though that they're playing themselves, and yet there's some fictional things going on. It's pretty crazy. Some over, like they turn some stuff up to eleven. Yeah, yeah. It's very weird. Uh, and then I, I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned this because we talked about Kelly, and I, I watched the guest. I finally watched the guest. Yes. So I did watch that. Um, I like the guest. Uh, but I, I got to be forthright in saying I don't know if it'll make my top thirty or not. Totally valid. <laughs> I have some issues with the guest. Uh, okay, some some big fat issues actually, but I won't get into them because it gets into spoiler territory. I do think it was incredibly entertaining. I'm not going to deny that. I had a great yeah. time watching it, but I just feel like there's a, a lot of holes that uh, maybe me and you can talk about off the air. But I think yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it might set the same way with you and Spots. So. Now, let me ask you, doesn't Dan Stevens look a little bit like Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you throw a mustache on him and stuff. Yeah, and dye his hair. Yeah, 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 a little bit, yeah. I, I liked him in the film quite a bit. I liked all the actors good. in the film. They, they were, were all pretty all very good. good. Um, I just had some problems with the story and some issues yeah. with, you know, why some things weren't just go ahead and resolved and moved on, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Again, to, to each their own. I understand Kelly loves it. I'm, I'm, I think it's totally a valid point. A lot of people have loved it. Uh, I just think it's good, not great. So mm-hmm. there we go. That's all. So I guess we're going to go in chronological order here, huh? I guess that's what we yeah. should do. Do a choice of arms Maybe. first. Yeah. All right. So synopsis. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm going to try to get Bill Belichick off my computer here. He doesn't. Right, he looks like a very unhappy Javard Depardieu in this picture. Does <laughs> he oh, ever? Uh, two men break out of prison. A rival gang ambushes them. One is mortally wounded and tells the other to take him to the estate of a retired robber who lives in comfort with his lovely and beloved wife, Nicole. Mm. That's all I'm going to say because this Jay Haley <laughs> gives no mind to spoiling the fuck out of this film. Yeah, yeah. There's a major, so, there's a major twist and he, he spoils yeah, it. Yeah, he totally <laughs> gives it up. Now, this one I picked because I, I loved up Dew's early work and I want to see a lot more. Uh, and Yves Montan and Catherine Deneuve are two very talented actors. Um, so this was a bit of a deep cut, and I'm curious uh, what you thought of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd wanted to see this one for a long time, too. Uh, some some filmmaker, I can't remember who, but some filmmaker that uh, I was watching an interview with mentioned the film. And uh, I'd seen an interview with Yves Montand, Yves Montand, and he had Wait, said that J.R. Depardieu, back when I saw this interview, he said J.R. Depardieu is the future of cinema. And oh, I was yeah. like, wow, he really likes this Gerard Depardieu as much as I do. So, I like a Depardieu. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I wanted to see this too, but I never got around to it. Just kept avoiding it. Or not avoiding it. That's not the right word. Just kept slipping through my fingers. Yeah. My dirty hands, my dirty fingers. <laughs> <laughs> my oil checkers. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, finally I get to see it. And I was not let down by this. This was... I'll just be forthright in saying this movie is exceptional. So yeah. I'll get into it here a little bit. Uh, we got to talk. I mean, he's Montan. He's been in a lot of great films. Uh, probably most people would know him mostly from Wages of Fear, I guess. Wages of Fear, Z. Yeah, Z, um, Z. Yeah, that's right, Z. Elise Python. Yeah, he's been in Python. <laughs> he's Python, 357. Uh, what's the other big one? Um, uh, he was in... Uh, on the tip of my tongue, and then I... Said Python in it. Uh, he's in Manion of the Spring, and he's in Jean de Florette. He's in. He's in quite a bit of stuff. I mean, we, we could go through his filmography here, and 
He's in Grand Prix. Remember, he's in Grand Prix. Uh, yeah, playing one of the uh, the uh, the uh, well, the, playing the French racer, obviously. Uh, I yeah, think, I think Shiro oh, Mifune's right. uh, in that as well. Trying to see what else. There was another big one I was thinking of, and I can't remember what the hell it is now. But he was, you know, well known as a kind of tough guy, singer in France. Oh, he's in uh, Le Cirque. He was in Le Cirque. He's in Le Cirque Rouge. That's right, and he also shares a birthday with my wife. Um, nice, nice. And uh, he was married to one of the the best French actresses of all time, one of my favorites, Simone Signore. Yeah. So, very cool. It must have been an interesting relationship, man. Wow. Yeah, it was because uh, he was forthright in that he would uh, sleep with anybody that came around. Like, not male, but he was known as a womanizer, <laughs> and uh, she, oh, knew, yeah. she knew that, so they accepted that. But again, hey, they're French, right? Yeah, <laughs> a little different. different vibe, man. Yeah. Different vibe. He's he's also known uh, to have a very torrid affair toward the end of his life with uh, Marilyn Monroe, I believe. Oh, wow, so he was another one of the. Uh, well, I'm not going to say that. That would that would be cruel. So I'm not going to say that. Um, okay, so we got him. Uh, one of the great uh, Hollywood, or well, one of the great film smokers, we should say. Yes, oh, big uh, time, man. Yeah, one of the greats. Uh, Gerard Depardieu, one of the great actors. Period. Uh, yes. I'll go. I'll go into the UFC octagon to fight that battle because I do believe he's one of yes. the greats. Hundred percent with you, man. Yeah. And Catherine Deneuve, one of the Deneuve, one of the. Uh, you know, she's not my type, but I do think she's gorgeous. I think she's. Uh, I agree. I think she's beautiful, and she's really talented, man. Like yeah. she, she takes some risks in her career. Like yeah. she's one of these actresses, like a Naomi Watts or someone who, and she's even more beautiful than Naomi Watts. Not to take away from her, put no, too much no. emphasis on looks, but um, Deneuve could have coasted on making cute films yeah and she made you know belle de jour which i think might have been her debut umbrellas of cherbourg which there's much more going on than just sort of the the candy colored artifice uh dancer in the dark which you know i mean that's intense yeah i mean she she's you know? never been afraid of content that is challenging and that's what's always no man her. she could really ride the looks and she doesn't do that i mean she uses her looks to her advantage i've always thought and she is like a classic beauty I guess yeah, she's kind of the best way to put her. She, she's very much she a, still looks fucking dynamite for her age, man. Yeah, she does. She does. She's gorgeous. Um, but anyway, yeah, she's uh, she's in the film as well. Now, that's the three heavies there. There's other people in the film, maybe some faces yes. we uh, might recognize or might talk about a little bit here. Uh, not a whole lot for me that I really, well, that I knew by name, but there was a few I recognized. Faces, yeah. yeah. So it is interesting when you talk about Gerard Depardieu because he is not a matinee idol. He is truly a... Uh, a lump of clay, and I mean this in the best possible way. Uh, yes. This lump of clay-looking kind of everyman that can do everything. I've seen him do just about any type of role, from physical stuff mm-hmm. to com- comedics. He's actually very funny. Uh, some of his physical comedy is 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 hilarious, and I'm not talking about my oh, father, yeah. the hero. I'm talking about other stuff. But I yeah. mean, he is exceptional in everything he's ever done he plays heavy's great he's uh even great in that vin diesel movie i watched called babylon or something like that he's in that for oh, a minute yeah. riding like oh, a party yeah, bus the Matthew film. yeah like riding like a party bus and stuff and he's like a drug dealer or something <laughs> but he, he's exceptional i never thought i'd see a day where i'd have vin diesel and gerard depardieu doing a scene together it's actually the best scene in the movie so um <laughs> but yeah he, he's uh he's exceptional in this uh, in this he's a bit of a uh I guess the best bull way to put it. Bull in a china shop. Yeah, a bull in a china shop, a, a backed in a corner possum maybe. That would be a good example yeah. maybe because of his nose. A pit bull maybe in a pit. I don't know. But either way, uh, it is a very rugged and aggressive performance. So uh, I haven't seen him like this in quite some time. I've seen him in other films like this, but I didn't know he was so overly aggressive as he is in this. I mean, he's he's essentially a psychopath. 
Um, he is, but with a lot of rage. I mean, he's very volatile. But like a lot of these films that are really well done, what they show is the human side of this very, uh, you know, damaged, degenerate person. Uh, this is a bad person, but he is a human being. Uh, he does have feelings, I guess you could say. Like you know, it's like um, well, not like the Hunchback of Notre Dame, Notre Dame, which is you know somebody that's physically uh, unappealing, but is has a heart of gold. But this is you know this is a guy who's a very bad person, but deep down he has some regrets, and uh, it's a very interesting performance. And this is France. Like I've now the stuff that opens in the country with these Montana, Catherine Deneuve that. That's like my dream life, like living in the country, oh, raising man. horses, yeah. not having to deal with people. It's amazing. Yeah, it's gorgeous. But this, the, the, the Paris stuff, the stuff shot in the city, this is France unlike – I got a cat going crazy in this room, so we might hear some noise and some racket again. Uh, and it's not pussy pussy. <laughs> no, it's not pussy pussy. The, uh, this is a, a, an ugly side, kind of slummy side. There was a lot of trash on the ground. Man. A lot of yeah. mud, a lot of dirt. I mean, this was a filthy – I guess it's outside of Paris – uh, yeah, or it might even be right in Paris because Paris is pretty grimy in spots. Yeah, I mean, well, it's a, it's a heavily populated city, so it's going to have some And it's issues. an old city. Yeah, it's going to have some issues. Let's see, her house was shot in, it says, well, I can't say all these French words, so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the stud farm was in Yevlenis, uh, maybe? I don't know. Who knows? I have to look. Yeah, the apartment complex was in Sienne Saint-Denis, France. Saint-Saint-Denis, yeah. Saint-Saint-Denis. So I don't know where that's at, but anyway, it looked rough. It reminded me of cool. like Gomorrah, like the Naples we saw in Gomorrah. Well, and see, that's something I, I've, you know, to be transparent or forthright, I, I've been really fascinated the past couple of years with late 70s, early 80s, your, uh, France and Italy, because, and even more so France in some ways, because it, the films seem to be harder to come by. Do you remember we did that one, gosh, it's probably about three or four years ago now. Uh, you know, and I really wanted to push it on uh, our audience. Harder film to find, but again, very gritty '80s crime film for in France. L six two seven. Yeah, I remember. I remember. Remember with the cop Toto, or what was yeah. his name? He had the glasses. I can't remember his name, but I yeah. They yeah he was, he was dating that. the prostitute, and yeah, it's good stuff. You know. It's really it was really good. It's uh, yeah, yeah. kind of a gem that a lot of people remind me. I'll think about it sometimes and forget the title. Was six seven one L six two seven, which is I guess some sort of a law that. Prohibit certain thing. I can't remember. It tied into the film. So it probably did do with the drug trade. I think or, or drug job because they're looking. Yeah, nineteen ninety two film. Bertrand Tavernier. Tavernier, Tavernier. Yeah, Bertrand Tavernier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. His name was uh, Dodo. <laughs> Dodo. That's how I said Toto. I was close, man. Hey, it's close enough. <laughs> Dodo. But he was great. He looked sort of like uh, if you can believe it, like a Patrick Dempsey. But he was he pulled it off, man. Yeah, with Jean, a mustache and Jean Paul Comart. Comart. Yeah, he was great. He was good. Yeah, he was really good. Uh, yeah, that's an underseen film, certainly, certainly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, French film is always interesting. You know, the French, you know, people have a certain perception of French film. You know, the artiste and all these things, and uh, bourgeoisie and blah blah blah. But the truth is, they have a great history of genre cinema as well. Uh, they Big do time. they do cop films and crime films very well, um, man, and they do horror they films really well. Do. Yeah. Can I can I something I have noticed? I mean, not to cut in, but I, I feel like especially with the past handful of French. Uh, crime films I've seen. Uh, this is just a vibe I felt, and I could be way off, but it's just, you know, you and I watch a lot of the same films because of the show and, and taste and, and opinions and so forth. I really felt with like a lot of these mid-70s to early 80s French crime films that I've seen lately, that they kind of feel like an amalgamation of British crime film and Italian crime film. Yeah, They're yeah. stylish, like an Italian crime film, 
but they're restrained like a British film because Italians can take it over the top. Yeah. Whereas I think yeah. the French are a little bit more reserved. They're kind of in the middle of Italy and France, uh, Italy and England in terms of combining the two worlds of aesthetics and, and sentiment and um, intent on film. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's interesting you say that because, you know, as we know, uh, we're both big fans of Italian cinema and Italian cinema is never shy about <laughs> going full tilt it, it, with their no. art films or with their genre films. I mean, they just they just do it. They just, you know, yeah. and it's kind of, you know, the Italian sensibility of, you know, uh, lust for life and everything. And I feel like that comes through in their art a lot. Big time. Um, French dude, it does feel reserved, but not as reserved as Britain can be. Sometimes UK can be. Which is it can be too uh, reserved. Yeah, it can sometimes be too reserved because there's a you know a bit of a societal type of uh, you know just a bit of stiff upper lift. Yeah, yeah, the stiff upper. Yeah, yeah. I've heard people say that before. You know, United States is more hamburgers and and you know unbuttoned shirts, whereas the UK is more <laughs> stiff upper lip and you know cardigans. Meat pies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should have used the meat pies. Yeah, but anyway, um, but yeah, France kind of falls somewhere in between. Now this one is interesting because. It starts out with that kind of uh, that vibe of the horse farm and everything else. So you think this is a well-off person and everything else. Well, you find out, and you said this in the synopsis, so it's not a giveaway. We find out that these Montana's playing the ex-robber, ex-criminal, who seems to have you know gotten away with some things and created himself a nice little nugget. And yeah, there's some great scenes with him. He's in love with uh, Nicole, the Catherine Deneuve character, and there's some great scenes with him talking on the phone later in the film where he's talking about, you know, that's all he lives for is her. And it's like he had that moment where he realized all the bad things he did. And then he decided he had this moment where everything changed his life. And then of course, Depardieu's character is more like, you know, I never got that chance. So I don't care if I ruin certain things, um, for you or for anybody. Uh, but it is interesting. His character does take an arc, which I won't get into because it does spoil. And if you read the synopsis, you're going to find out that stuff. So I would advise you not to read the synopsis uh, if you don't like yes. spoilers. If you don't like spoilers, if you're like me and you don't really care if the film's spoiled, uh, because I I didn't know the the twist and uh, not a twist. I didn't know the major plot part in this because there's a major plot pivot in the film. But um, if I would have, it wouldn't have ruined the film for me because I think this is a well-crafted movie altogether anyway. Very well written. Yes. Very well done. Very well acted. So, um, The key to any good crime film, I think, is desperation. I mean, we get desperate characters in desperate situations, and that's where the line becomes gray with crime films, right? And, and you, you have to put yourself – imagine yourself in Gerard Depardieu's shoes or lack thereof in some points in this. Just imagine yourself in his situation. Uh, he's in he, – he, there's really, I mean, outside of a few other tragedies, there's really not a lot more that can go wrong for this character. I mean, he's really at the end no. of his rope. Uh, so the desperation is there for him, big time. And uh, I feel bad for his friend. He kept sucking into bad ideas as well. Oh man, because that guy had a family, and yeah, and it would look, but it would, you know, it would look like it was an unhappy marriage, unhappy. And I felt sorry for the kids. You know that that all that comes oh, with yeah. age and with having children and stuff, obviously, but. You feel like that desperation's there as well, and then of course the Yves Montan character gets desperation in another way. He ends up in a spot, and uh, it's a bad spot. But I really like the the kind of discussions between him and the Mickey character that Gerard Depardieu plays because you know he he sees some of the stuff that Mickey's going through, and he kind of wants to help him a little bit. Uh, he does absolutely. Yeah. I think he you know I, starts out as a revenge. Son. Starts out almost. Uh, we can say this: Mickey breaks up a dinner party. Uh, oh, does he ever? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he really breaks up a dinner party, and it's really, <laughs> it's really a strike against Yves Montan's uh, pride. 
more than it, anything. Well, yeah, because he's the guy that, you know, he's trying to legitimize himself and be respectable in this well-heeled old money society. And we, we, we could probably say that Gerard Depardieu causes the messiest uh, dinner party breakup in the history of cinema. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, I don't know, well, man. It might that, be some messy. One. That one in the big hit was pretty messy. <laughs> 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 Literally, man. Yeah, that one was good. That one got pretty messy. Uh, Elliot Gould went a little overboard there, buddy. No, but yeah. uh, uh, no, I mean that, that that yeah, that would be a hard one. I bet there's a lot of great broken up dinner scenes. But anyway, th- scenes this is a good one. This is a good one. Um, and yeah, you, you know his pride struck a little bit, so he kind of wants revenge. He wants not. I, I don't think it's like vent, like you know, like blood for blood. But uh, he definitely wants Mickey out of his life because he's messing up this whole thing he's got going on. He wants to buy. A farm, a horse, a stud farm in Cork, in Ireland, and that's gorgeous. Yeah, he wants to, you know, he just wants to keep, you know, raising horses, living with Nicole, and having this glorious and beautiful, quiet life. Because he's obviously a man who's in his later years, and you know, he's he's found happiness, so he just wants to ride it out. And Mickey comes into his life and just disrupts everything. Just you know, like you said, he's a bull in a, you know, bull in the china shop, like you said. So. Um, but yeah, like I said, the keys, the desperation and the criminals, you know, they have to feel like they're at the end of the rope. And I think one of the things I liked about this one is these, these are criminals. Some of these guys are criminals, but what I like about European cinema sometimes, and I don't need this in my crime films. I'm fine with crime films just being pure genre, white hat, black Mm -hmm. hat, whatever. But I've always liked about European crime films a little bit more is that they take the time to talk about family and futures and children and the ramifications of past uh, crimes on future generations and things like that. I mean, you and get the a, motivations yeah. beyond just quick reference points or cliche motivations. Yeah. And, I, and this film takes that time. This is very much a crime drama. It's a crime film, but it is very much a very talky film. There are some good action scenes in the film. I mean, there's some good car chases. Uh, not, not like Eurocrime type car chases, uh, <laughs> or, you know, maybe yeah. this, the same Eurocrime chase we've seen in 16 different films, but it's the, it is, the action's good. The violence is heavy. Uh, the film looks like it's shot in winter, but it looks lovely. I mean, everybody looks like they're cold. I didn't see any leaves on the tree, so it looks pretty cold, mm-hmm. but you know, everybody's dressed. I mean, uh, <laughs> at one point, uh, they're at that gas station and Mickey's at that gas station uh, or he's, oh, that's or, a good scene. Yeah, he was looking for that, and those, and those punks come out, and those punks they, those punks that come out with the the East Montana character, they they look like a bunch of hipsters, like modern day hipsters now. <laughs> <laughs> they come out and they got like their you know their clothes that like you know I, I kept thinking I, I'm sorry I'm saying this I love you I love you dearly a loaf, <laughs> but a lot of them came out and they look like like loaf would like be shopping for these type of clothes. <laughs> <laughs> And I meant to get a freeze frame, and I didn't grab a freeze frame of it, but it might be hard to find a freeze sh- uh, a frame shot of that. But uh, yeah, that was at, at the gas station. I'm going to look for one. Yeah, the modern hipsters at the gas station. Yeah, that that young those young punks. Yeah, <laughs> it's like they came out of a Starbucks, all ready to go or something. What uh, was the French version of a Yaris back then? I wonder. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, I never. If there is some things about, I think this film is exceptional. Like I said, and, and my score is going to show that. But I do feel like I never really kind of understood the cop angle too much. There was some confusion with the senior cop. Uh, A little bit, yeah. Yeah, where I, I didn't know if he was like 
you know, if he was on, Mon- you know, uh, Knowles, like, you know, that's Eve Montan's character. I don't know if he was on his side or if he just wanted to move on or he was so close to retirement. We get a little bit of that. The young that, cop. Yeah, that little. Yeah, the young cop, he's got some moments and he's got a, a very pivotal moment in the film. Oh, does he ever? And we should say that young cop is one of my favorite. Uh, I've seen him in a handful of things over the past couple of years. Gerard Levin, and he played in uh, Marine. He was in Point Blank, oh, uh, but yeah, he was yeah, in. Yeah, which yeah, he was. That's right. If you look at him now, you'll recognize his face. He was in a really cool film I caught probably this time around this time last year. What's it called? The Price of. Um, let me find it. The Price. I think it's called the Price of. The Price of Danger, Le Prix de Danger. Uh, and this was the precursor to Running Man. Nice, nice. It's Running Man, but it's less Arnold and more kind of like Everyman. Hmm. And it's a cool little film. Yeah, he was so in, he's uh, the lead in that. Was he in like, May- he's Re- Arnold. He was only in Mayreen Part 2, right? He wasn't in Part 1. I believe so. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah, he was in Part 2. I remember him now from Mayreen. And I remember him from Point Blank because I think I crammed Point Blank a few years back because people were – it's good. Yeah, and it's a good one, but a little bit vanilla. But he looks almost like a much more handsome version of a Robert Davi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This IMDb, I can I can get the uh, Robert Davi going there. Yeah. yeah, I can see it. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I, I I thought maybe I'd seen his face before, but now I see him. Like yeah, I totally see it now. Huh? Interesting. Didn't even put that together. Um, yeah, of course. The parent in me, I start to feel really sorry for the little girl. Um. Uh, and scenes, uh, really just a, a, a terrible situation for a child to be in. Um, just the, the, the pull in one way and the other, you know, the emotional turmoil, okay. um, which makes the ending of this film so bittersweet in some ways. Uh, this thing does have like that dark chocolate, bittersweet ending. I mean, it's really, an, I like the ending of this film a lot. So do I. I thought it was really, really great. And what I really liked was that it gave Montan's character like this closure of some sort, like this new venture. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really like that. Um, and like I said, we don't normally see France, Paris. Like we don't normally see these. And I, I don't know how close this is to Paris, but like Paris is a gigantic city. So it's quite possible this is too far away. It's not like you can see the Eiffel Tower in every shot or anything. But No, no. It's much more, I think, a French film for French people versus yeah. getting a lot of uh, set-up shots of of uh, the Arc de Triomphe or the, yeah. <laughs> the fucking Eiffel Tower. Thing like yeah. I mean, the shots you expect, right? Unless yes. you're watching a French movie, which typically you won't see those as much. But if it's an American movie shot in France. A Hollywood, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. They got to, you know, because we're all so stupid in America when we watch our movies. We, we, I don't know you're in France. I don't know you. Oh, there's the Eiffel Tower. That's right. You're Eiffel in France. Tower. Oh, there's a mime. You're <laughs> eating a baguette. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, you just don't normally see this side of it. And I like that. This is like the thing I saw when we watched, like I told you, like Gamora. Uh, I didn't know that side of Naples existed. I'd always seen these. Of course, I'd always seen the uh, tourist pictures of Naples, right? Uh, oh, man, yeah, and it's fucking grimy. But like any city, anywhere in the world, uh, there's peaks and valleys. So, I mean, that that just comes with economy and with uh, social status and blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, I could I could take you to places here that you, uh, after dark, you might not come home. So it's as mm-hmm. simple as that. I mean, I think every city... And everybody, every place anybody lives, I think they can relate in some way, shape, or form. So it was nice seeing that. I was always thinking, though, that somebody needs to pick up all that trash. Um, I tell you one thing that I did find it was odd: the music in some of the scenes was really weird. It 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 yeah. it felt right, and I liked it, but it was 
it was odd, and I can't really describe it outside of that. It was kind of like funky and yet kind of jazzy, and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, in some ways a little peppy. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, for sure. So it's interesting to me. It's an interesting, an interesting choice musically. Um, but yeah, I like. The, I wish we would have spent more time. If there's only one other quibble I have, I wish they would have spent more time with the three criminals in the car. Uh, yes. Before an event happens there as well, I wish I would have gotten some more uh, of the relationship between Mickey and the older uh, criminal that knows uh, the Noel character played by Yusmantan. I wish I would have got more of that. Um, but th- that's you know that's uh, I don't know that's like wishing for more chocolate. It was fine what it was, but I just you know I, I wanted a little bit more of that and stuff. But yeah, I'll kick it over to you for your part. Yeah, this, uh, sorry, I think I just found the scene. I'm, I'm waiting, I'll wait for a minute. Um, yeah, so I, I like what you said as far as being able to see a France that we don't get to see normally. I just, I like the early, I've been really into early 80s, sort of, you know, late, late, late 70s, early 80s uh, stuff lately. So um, there's my eye to jury notes. Let's uh, get past those. Yeah. Um, I, I still can't get past that movie. Yeah, that's amazing. Um I think the film. One of the things I one of the things I really like is that the the color palette or lack thereof. It's really like a really gray and blue film. Feels like a lot of concrete, or more specifically, I should say, I felt like with a lot of the Depardieu stuff, it's really gray and concrete and blue, and feels very claustrophobic the way it's shot, and it almost seems like Depardieu is like a rat in a maze trying to work his way down these tight alleyways and into little apartments and everything's cramped and he's this bull in a china shop. Yeah. Whereas with the Yves Montan character, he's got this expanse of land and it's green and it's lush and it's more tranquil. And he's graceful too. Like everything he and does. And he's graceful. It's very much the gentlemanly th- criminal. You know, Alain Delon. Yeah, different you know, generation. Yeah, yeah. Right? And yeah. I think that's one of the things that, that, that Montan really, really despises. It's not a personal thing Mm -hmm. but it's what he is and this young brash punk who doesn't have any restraint yeah yeah he's he's he really is good in the i i could watch uh even montan i could watch him drink coffee for like an hour and i would probably be entertained yeah the, the big thing for me one of the big things i took away from this film on the whole that i think um alan carlo gets right is the economy like it's a long film, and you know, maybe you could trim it down to fifteen minutes off it for sure. But um, the economy with which he allows his actors to act without any words. Yeah. yeah, we get so many shots of great faces, whether it's Montan, Depardieu, or Deneuve, all of, or even some of the minor players, without a lot of needless words and exposition. I really like that. And I also really love that Depardieu, when the first year of the curry, says, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, rock, four o'clock, rock and roll. He starts singing the big bopper and then he fucks up the words. Yeah. yeah. You remember that at the beginning? Yeah, I do. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and see, we talk about the facial expressions. There's a moment when their getaway goes sideways and a cop gets killed. I'm not spoiling anything here. But the look on Depardieu's face, the moment he shoots that gun, yeah, he grasps, he, like, he gasps and he kind of clasps his hand to his mouth and i think it was a really real reaction it felt it just felt earned to me and i really liked that yeah at, at that point uh, all the shit he's been in just got six foot deeper yeah and that's and that reaction is one of the reasons why i think gerard depardieu is one of the greatest actors of his generation 
I mean, he's yeah. he is easily. I will say, I'll, I'll put this on the table <clears> for me now. I don't make lists, but if if you were to talk about all of film history, Gerard Depardieu is easily top ten actor. He's he's easily one of my top ten actors of all time. Yeah, I love watching him. I'll watch him in in most things too. He's yeah. he's fantastic. I'd watch him take um, a shit, and the guy probably would do that for for a film. Yeah. And it would fucking stink. Oh yeah, it would because that guy's not he's not holding back on the garlic and all no. those things. <laughs> no man, that guy doubles down on the pastries, man. He's loving life, man. You know who needs to make a film? Mickey Rourke and Gerard Depardieu. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that would be amazing, man! Well, the Onion amazing. posted a uh, the posted an article so NFL investigating where the Patriots play game with properly inflated Vince Wolfork. <laughs> <laughs> That's both mean and funny. I hate to say it, but that it is. is that is man. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Depardieu fucking hates classical music. Oh yeah, does he ever? <laughs> and he has no part of it. Uh, there was an airline in this called Aer Lingus. <laughs> Erlingus. Quite quite cunning. I mean cunning. It was going mean, to say quite cunning, yeah. <laughs> um, the film's really well edited, uh, for sure. Um, and I think, um, what does this say? Oh, Len Van, yeah, I already said that. You know who else the Gerard Len Van reminds me of is uh, like the handsome younger brother of French actor um, Charles Dernier, who was in The Bride War Black. You'd know him to see his face. Yeah, I know who you don't know. know, know yeah, yeah, yeah. Good actor. Died young too, I think. Sadly, um, I like uh, some of the henchmen in this film too. The dudes, I mean, there's so much GGTMC fashion. The one dude's got uh, silk striped house coat. Yeah. There's floor length fur coats. It's amazing. It is outstanding. The thing I like too, and you reference this, is just these men in this film. They feel like like proper men. Like they handle their business. Like Melville's men handle their business. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. they really like they don't fuck around, and that's why it's so infuriating for the characters when Depardieu shows up. Even the scene of him with the horses, like he's almost like this bronco. I think that's very symbolic that he's kind of like this Mustang or this bronco that just can't be tamed. Right? It shows him just you know causing a ruckus with the horses, and you know. But then again, I think like you say, this film is to call it a crime drama is accurate because there's a lot of talk and a lot of dialogue and a lot of inaction in this film yeah. because the first half it sets it up like the back 30 minutes is going to be pure like Bronson revenge but it doesn't what it does instead is it takes the focal point off Depardieu and it becomes more Montan's film as he's making realizations about Depardieu's life and his motivations and his regrets mm-hmm. and what's important to him yeah yeah and that's when it fleshes out that character Agreed. And becomes sympathetic despite being an impulsive criminal. Yeah, I didn't uh, say it, but one of my favorite scenes in the film is that scene where Depardieu's running around with the horses. Oh, man, yeah, it's that, great. That freedom that he feels at that moment, that that brief moment of life being gorgeous uh, for yeah. a character who you know really has no hope. And and I think that's the other thing, too. When they mention Cork, Ireland, it's the, the, the Montan's character to have uh, money and be able to get away Whereas Depardieu probably can't dream much outside the city. Yes. I mean, even something as, as you know, seemingly mundane for Montan, like just dealing with horses. He's a, I mean, it's, essentially, he's the type of criminal. I mean, he's a living dead man. That's what he is. Yeah, he I is. Mean, he's walking around he on borrowed desperate, time. desperate, hungry, yeah. you know. Um, it's too bad because, you know, you may not remember this dude, but the uh, the French there's a French Burt Young in this film. He was not happy to see Gerard show up, man. Oh, no, no. I, I remember that guy. 
<laughs> I, I didn't I didn't put that together at the time, but now that you say it, yeah, yeah I can see it. Pretty young. Um, uh, br- 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 what do I say? Okay, I don't know what that even says. Yeah, Montan, don't play when you fuck up his dinner party. We talked about that. Talked about the rat race. Um, Sorry about that. Ooh, that's okay. Uh, what does this say? I just dropped my dinner yeah. on the keyboard there. You did. Oh, <laughs> um, I love the moment at the gas station too with the real tough old French woman. She's not going to take Depardieu's shit. Oh, I love it. To hold yeah. them up. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a great moment. I think it it, it plays very well. It does. You know, it, it's really good. And then <laughs> she's giving her husband shit. And uh, I'll tell you what, that was just a funny moment. But there's a bizarre moment later on. On our show, we've had some inanimate object destruction. <laughs> not since the watermelon slaughter of Mr. Majestic has there been such a bizarre one. We get some conch shell destruction in this. Yeah. yeah. When an apartment, like these really fancy conch shells get just laid waste to. Um, it's, it's almost kind of like an absurd frame job in some ways. But, you know, the thing is it feels grounded in reality. Yes, You know, it you does. fuck with the order of someone's life when you introduce chaos into someone who has eliminated all the chaos out of their life. They have purposely cut those people out of their lives when you're forcing your way back in it causes a great deal of anger you turn into a protector you want to protect yeah. your way of life and people who mm-hmm. you know you got a desperate character who turn who makes a character that isn't desperate he makes that character desperate again so yeah, it's it's absolutely. a great it's great human drama that's what that's what human drama is mm-hmm. absolutely um the junkie brother was like pretty gross. Like he had pretty skeevy. Junkies in French films always look really fucking gross and skeevy. They do. <laughs> oh man, they look gross. Um, there's a lot of a lot of bluesy hot licks in this at times, which is kind of odd. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, the music I liked it, but it was weird. Man, the next film is heavy on the hot licks. Oh man, so many heavy. licks. Heavy. <laughs> um, this uh, <laughs> I loved seeing the apartment building in this, which you kind of talked about. Not too many films feature apartment buildings in them. I, I can think of Pedro Almodovar's uh, what, did I, what Have I Done to Deserve This? Not too many films feature them, and they're a great um, tool to introduce a lot of X-Factors or claustrophobia into your film. Yeah, yeah. Or Desperation. Uh, you know, Attack the Block is another one. Mm-hmm. Not too many. Uh, well, I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously there's, uh, you know... When it comes to films, you don't really. I, I think people like a good example is like the trip to Italy. I watched that, and obviously they're showing me the most gorgeous hotels on the coast of Italy. These are hotels oh, yeah. that I'll never be able to stay in. Let's be honest. Yeah, I don't either. So yeah. that, that that tends to be a movie, uh, almost a movie faux pas sometimes for me. I like seeing the real world. I mean, like Rich Hill. That's a documentary, and it's not a fictional piece. But that that's what you know. A lot of the Midwest looks like. It looks like you know yeah. small houses. Uh, kids with no shirts riding bikes. I mean, that's what it really looks like. And not everybody's, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, fucking Dan Stevens from The Guest looks, not everybody looks like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. No, it's right on, man. Um, there's a really great shot of a cabinet in this. Yes. It gets opened up. Um, man, yeah, something happens. It, it comes very much as a surprise. At an hour and forty minutes in, yeah, and you think, oh fuck, 
This just got very pear-shaped very quickly. Yeah, very real, very yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, I, I, like, love I like. Feel someone. I, I'm sorry. I like that. That I should no, say. No, no, no. I like that. That affects multiple characters in the piece too. Yes. Like yes, it's it not. Does. It's not, It doesn't affect just one person. It affects the whole no. story. It's not just a cheap device to move things into sort of next level rage or anything. Um, you know what it felt like, Marty Scorsese, like that slow zoom to the armoire later on when he goes to open it. Yeah, it very much yeah. Like Marty Scorsese shot. And just uh, fate. I love the fate in this film. And again, it feels a little bit Melvillian in some ways. You know, because it's very much a neo noir, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, those are uh, all my notes. All right, uh, make or break. Um, I have several. Uh, one of them is the moment, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go with that. I can't give you any more details, listeners, than the moment. You have to see the film to know. Um, again, we don't spoil things on the show, so I mean, to some it's not a big deal, to others it's a major deal, but. We just decided to go this way, but it's just called The Moment, and if you see the film, and I think you should see the film. If you love movies, you should see this movie. So, uh, MVT Depardieu, I really loved him in the movie. Uh, not a nice guy, not a nice character. But fascinating to watch. Fascinating to watch, and ultimately, I mean, the Ismontan character is, is, is a gorgeous character uh, in, in a lot of ways. Uh, there's a lot of great, and of course, you know, he's in the last scene of the film, and it, it's truly kind of chivalrous you know it's 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 really great stuff but i I like depardieu's desperation like it's just he's so desperate he's so just out of off his gourd on everything and it's just yeah he is man hey he just looks like the daughter which we didn't talk about much is really good stuff he just looks like he smells like you know like shitty pants and tobacco you know he just looks like he's constantly you know just filthy and Running for his life. You know, he's one of those kind of guys where he gets in the car, and every time he gets in your car, when he gets out, the car still smells like that dude. <laughs> yeah, like a little like, fart. Yeah, he's, it's not like he's filthy. It's just like, you know, he no. just smells like the human animal, like the animal side of the human be- of the human being. No cologne, yes. no deodorant, you know, just fucking filthy. Sweating all the time. Wet. Uh, oh, yeah. Not a real sweaty movie, but a kind of a moist, cold movie, I guess we could say. Clammy. Yeah. Eight and a half out of ten for me. Uh, I thought this film was nice. wonderful. If I had any issues, I didn't really quite understand the cop angle. Yeah, some and of that stuff was a bit... Uh, yeah, it was a bit gray for me. So I had some issues with that. <laughs> you got the veal. Yeah, okay. is, that, is that who you meant? Uh, I'm going to look at it. Again. Give me a minute to, <laughs> to pull it up. Uh, uh, but yeah, 8.5 out of ten. I think it's uh, wonderful. Nice. Uh, my make or break... Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna go with the stuff at the apartment. Like I love the scene when Montan's kind of scoping out what Depardieu's doing unwittingly, uh, and he goes back to the apartment. And he kind of sees what's happening, and he's about to get out and confront him, but he sees something that, because he's an older man, he's not this impetuous, uh, wild kind of animal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it gives him pause. I really like that moment. Uh, MBT. I'm gonna go with the faces in the film i think the, the the just the way they're used is such great effect and they're they're so much being said without saying anything yeah we yeah. like that and uh much goes a little bit lower than yours it's um it's an eight point uh an eight point two five it's a it's a very good film man it's yeah that's a fair that's you know, a fair it's, score. It's, it's talky um you know people expecting like a like you said a lensy kind of wham bam 
uh, Euro Crimer, you're not going to get that. But you're going to get, you know, three great performances from the lead, good performances from the secondary characters, and some mm-hmm. some kind of fleshed out uh, fleshed out stuff from from you know criminals in the film. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so that's our review of A Choice of Arms. We're going to take a short break. That's from uh, what, what year was that from again? 1981, I believe. 19, yeah. yeah, 81. So we're going to take a short break and come back and talk about a film that came out only 14 years later. But man, how some things had changed. (laughs) Uh, And it's not even French. (laughs) No. But it feels like it wants to be at times. All right, we'll be back uh, right after this. Hi, Billy Mays here for the Macho Bullshit Movie Cast. It slices, it dices, it's so good I came back from the Grinches to bring you this deal. The Macho Bullshit Movie is guaranteed to make you 150% more masculine. And for a limited time, comes twice the Macho Bullshit. All you have to do is listen twice. Go to MachoBullshitMovieCast.Libson.com and place your order today. The Hellbound Train. Drunkard lay on the barroom floor. He drunk till he could not drink no more. He went to sleep with a troubled brain and dreamt he was on the hellbound train. The train, it flew at an awful pace The brimstone a-burning both hands and face And worse and worse the roadbed grew And faster and faster the engine flew He blowed the whistle and rung the bell And the devil says, boys, the next stop is hell All right, (laughs) we're back. Music has nothing to do with the films this week. So I think the first piece was some Simonetti, some Goblin, and I think that's uh, uh, Those Poor Bastards. It's a band, kind of a country, kind of ghoulish horror band. So uh, very, very interesting band. If you ever get a chance to listen to some of their stuff, very bizarre, some of it. That's actually one of their more catchier pieces. (laughs) So anyway, uh, okay, next film. Uh, my choice for the week, uh, nice. Tough and Deadly, directed by Steve Cohen, uh, not of the Cohen brothers. No, different, different, spelled different. I believe they spell it without the H. He spells it with the H. Yeah, uh, he may have had aspirations to be a Cohen brother. Ninety-five, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, uh, Tough and Deadly. Elmo Freach is a private investigator. <laughs> is a private investigator. And was contracted by John Portland, a CIA Ooh, agent. This one's, yeah, that's not even correct. Let's say, even wrong. And then they go on to have multiple spelling mistakes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's just say Elmo Freach is a private investigator. He happens upon uh, John Portland, a CIA agent, in the hospital. He's actually kind of a bounty hunter as well, kind of looking for bounties and stuff. A shirtless bounty yeah, hunter. Yeah, and a trench-coated uh, bounty hunter as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it kind of gets involved in some uh, some uh, politics. Let's let's leave it at that. It's basically a buddy cop film with some uh, some drug dealing going down. So, uh, <laughs> and- <laughs> yes, that's right. So yeah, um, let's get into this. We're both big fans of these guys and the films they do, and it'd be fun to talk about uh, one of theirs. This is the second or third Billy Blanks uh, Piper film we've done. Have we done? I don't know. If, have we done a Billy uh, Blanks and Piper film? Thought we did one. Ooh, I don't know if we have. Thoughts. Let's see. Uh, I'm trying to think of the films they were in together. Um, uh, I'm looking back in action, tough and deadly. And was maybe that? Loaf and I did one. I don't know. Well, I know Loaf and, and Zom did back in action. 
Yeah. Maybe you guys did, though. I don't know. I'd have to ask uh, Lof, uh, Lofi if he remembers. I was relatively certain we did. I know we've obviously had blanks on with uh, King of the Kickboxers. Yeah, and TC2000. TC2000. Yeah. yeah, we've done some stuff yeah. with blanks before. And, and we'll do more blanks because he did a lot of uh, genre films and uh, has some oh, yeah. some fun uh, some fun uh, character actors in them. I think there's one I want to do. He's got Brian James in it. I know oh, he's, yeah. in, he's in a, a horror film uh, coming out called Less Wolf. <laughs> Man, know. is he really? Yeah, and it stars Eric Roberts, Billy Blanks. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I know it's all you need, Man. right? And an actress named Deanna Grace Congo. But Boy, uh, yeah, that sure. that's uh, it's it's the first installment of a werewolf trilogy, which I had never heard of, called Less Wolf. So Less Wolf, more it, blanks. It looks pretty bad, but hey. Billy Blanks and Eric Roberts. And Billy Blanks plays the sheriff, Sheriff Tom, which is kind of an unfortunate oh, name. Oh, boy. <laughs> sheriff Tom. It is a bit ridiculous. Yeah. So we'll, he'll, um, be, he'll be back on again. I mean, we got to do like Towns of the Eagle and, and uh, you know, uh, Blood Fist, where he plays Black Rose. We got to do that at some point. We definitely have to. Um, yeah, so Tough and Deadly. <laughs> the thing that's great is the leads, obviously, but it's got a few fun supporting actors. Uh, one of which is underused and one of which couldn't really be used anymore than he was. James Karen plays a character named Winston Briggers. Yeah. Bizarre name. He's like the head of the CIA in this, isn't he? Or Yeah, somebody, some, whoever wrote this really got off on naming characters. It's like you <laughs> Elmo Freach, Maureen Peake. Yeah. <laughs> Winston Briggers, uh, Gert Reichman. Yeah, Gertie Reichman. <laughs> and, of course, Tiny is in there. So Tiny, of course, large man. Um, Richard Norton, very underused in this, though. Oh, yeah, Richard Norton's great. A lot of people uh, and would. I love Richard Norton. Yeah, they'd know him if they'd seen him. Uh, but he, uh, yeah, man, he's a specimen. He's a, he's a lot of fun. He's done some Jackie Chan movies. Uh, he's in oh, yeah. uh, he's in uh, Mad Max Fury Road, so that, that'd be fun yeah. to see on that. So he's awesome, man. He's he's good in Jim Cotta. I mean, he's always fun. Force Five, he's really fun, and then he's got a a ninja star necklace or belt buckle in that one. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. He's so he's in uh, Lady Dragon, which we got to cover at some point. Playing a character named Ludwig Hopman. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Norton's great. He's always you know good looking guy. Like you said, good martial arts skills. Uh, specimens, so yeah, he's, just he's a little the, bit underused. He's, he's the real deal, right? He's real deal martial arts. He's legit. No, yeah. he's legit, yeah. Yeah, he's real deal. He's man. legit, man. He's really good. Um, we should also say this is a, a Shapiro Glickenhaus jam. Yeah, it's always good to see the Shapiro Glickenhaus neon. Yeah, that's right, man. <laughs> um, this, you know, Piper, we've talked about this before with him, but, you know, for those that haven't listened to the episode, interesting thing about Piper is he transitioned pretty smoothly he carved out quite the niche for himself in the direct-to-video action world with stuff like They Live. Well, They Live got a theatrical run, but it really found its feet as a, as a rental. Yeah. Um, yeah. All Comes to Frogtown, I think, was the first one that we always saw him in. And then he really went down the uh, direct-to-video road, and, and he carved out you know, a pretty robust career for himself. Yeah, I think he's still working in movies. I know that uh, I listened to his podcast a little bit back in the day. And he was talking about uh, good old Roderick George Toombs. He was talking about, uh, uh, yeah, oh, he's got a lot of films coming out. Uh, wow, a whole lot of films coming out. Medusa. Yeah. One called Betting on Baker, where he plays Mr. Jablonski. <laughs> One called The Recounselor. Yeah, Portal to Hell. Yeah, he's, mm. That's a short, but he's got a ton of stuff Go coming. Yeah he's, yeah, he's still working he pretty still working. Uh, steadily. So uh, that, uh, that uh, one, that Recounselor, looks like it's a starring vehicle. 
So that could be that could be fun. A gothic. Oh man. Yeah. He, anyway, he's always a lot of fun. Yeah. And I think that one of the reasons these two guys work so well together is they like. I think they really nail that kind of that odd couple, Riggs and Murtaugh, mixed race, mixed sensibility, buddy cop thing really well because Blanks is you know, clean cut and a little more uptight and, mm-hmm. you know, Piper's more of a shaggy dog, but he's still physical and can still hold his own. Yeah. And, we and talk- I think that's one of the reasons they work so well together. And we talked about Blanks in the past. You know, a lot of people know him as the Tybo guy and infomercials and things like that. But, you know, when we talked to Lauren Evadon and stuff like that, I mean, Billy Blanks is a real deal. He's he's a uh, legit, legit yeah. talent. I mean, he can, he'll, he'll, he'll kick your ass six different ways a Sunday. And, oh, yeah. Uh, he, does have a little bit of issues with his uh, acting. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I mean it's it's serviceable for these type of movies. And yeah, for what we're, we need out of him, I yeah. think he's. I think he's that, fine. I don't know for sure, but it seems like I've read somewhere before that Blanks and Piper really did like each other. And I think well, I that can see. Kinda, I mean, Piper seems pretty. Um, yeah, it comes. It comes friendly. across. Yeah, it comes across that they kind of yeah. had respect for each other. Piper's kind of like Burt Reynolds in the sense that. Whoever we saw him with on screen, they seem to be having fun together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, blue collar kind of stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, I should say this film was the screenplay was written by Otto C. Pozzo. Well, there you go. That might be why he named characters the way he did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Um, early on, they spent a lot of the uh, the camera budget on some some California aerial shots. Yeah. <laughs> On our early stuff, kind of like little Santa, Santa Clarita, California. Oh yeah, you'll be out there. Totally, way. you'll you'll see. It's a, a lot of it looks like that. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But it's some good stuff. I think it's some all joking. So I think it's some good value uh, shooting that stuff. We get a Nazi tycoon early on, and oh yeah, you know this of course leads to uh, a telephone repairman Delta Force led by Richard Norton. Yeah. yeah, the good old the good old telephone man cover, not to be mistaken for the doctor cover, which we get in this as well. Man, that's right. We get both, and those are the two big ones. Yeah, those are two of the biggest you know, ones. Those yeah. are two big. Man, I tell you, yeah. you know, the doctor, the white lab coat, and the telephone repairman. See, the problem is much like we talk about the newsstand and pay phones. The telephone repairman has really gone the way of the dodo bird, especially yeah. in films. Yeah, it has. It's right up there with the milkman, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Milkman. Absolutely. A certain genre of film, the Milkman would show up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A different kind of Milkman. <laughs> yeah. um, Blanks and Norton are great in the limited time they're given. I just feel like it's it's always fun, as we always say, when you get two physical specimens that are able to go at it uh-huh. and uh-huh. really. Because a lot of times, you know, a heavy's cast because he can act like a heavy in terms of you know what he's bringing in terms of script, but. Not usually physically, so it's a shame that Norton didn't get to kind of be, you know, like the right hand man of, um, you know, the heavy in this. Yeah, yeah. He's going to give some stuff early on. That's, and that's, about that's kind of the shame of the movie. I mean, we always say this, but I mean, I think it deserves to be said that one of the problems with this movie is that uh, some of the. Uh, oh, I didn't even know James Lou was in this movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot he was even in it. He's barely. Oh, yeah, no, I remember who he was now. Uh, some of the the heavy isn't as good as the leads. Uh, and I, I wish they would have put Richard Norton in that main heavy lead. Big time. Instead of the one that we get. And I can't really, we can't really talk about the one that we get because it's no, kind of a spoiler. Can't. So we should say also that the, I know you're going to bring this up, but the, the, the score by Billy the Kid, the guy's name's William Kidd. 
So I was calling him Billy the oh, Kid. Man. This is maybe <laughs> uh, this is some seriously intense hot licks. I mean, they're just going man, this and film going. Is all hot licks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Billy the Kid, who also composed the music for. Um, well, no, he didn't compose the music for that. I thought he did, but he's. Well, no, he's in the music department for uh, Masters of the Universe. It looks like, yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> well, that explains a lot. Nice, it yeah, does. He's uh, he's interesting. Uh, this a uh, lot of lot of licks, a lot of licks from Billy the Kid. But yeah, yeah I'll no, let, I'll totally let you is. a lot of montage and a lot of hot licks. Yeah, and, this has that great. And, this has a great homoerotic montage. Oh man, does it ever! <laughs> it totally does. Why did I? I wrote down Dutch angled. String knockout montage. Uh, I think that's from when they when they punch each other. Don't they have a scene where they're in the in their office where they punch each other a bunch? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I, man, it's it's funny because you know when we get us getting older, when we get weeks out from a review, some of the minutia that we <laughs> we go to comment on kind of gets lost in the fog. <laughs> like I wrote, Piper fucking loves wacky drive time radio DJs. <laughs> Yeah, he's got that uh, the tough guy car, but it's not uh, it's not super tough. Uh, of course, it's better than the uh, kind of French car that uh, Billy Blanks pulls up in when we first see him. Oh man, those big th- time! Those things are never tough. <laughs> no, never, never. I put what a mullet on the dude in the room. Oh, that was the there was a great low rent hotel coke scene. Oh yeah, <laughs> man, that was great. It was so low rent and scuzzy. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, Piper has the biggest silencer in the history of cinema in that film. Oh man, that is that is a huge silencer. And speaking of that tiny, that's where we get the tiny that we were talking about. There's a moment that the dude, and I'll know you know who I'm talking about. I'll know some of our listeners will know who I mean when I say this. But Tiny's buddy that was in the room with him and his skeezy girlfriend doing blow looked like um, that porn guy Ramon that does, I think, all the 8th Street Latina videos that got caught with all those wild exotic animals in his van a few years ago. Yeah, yeah the monster of cock guy. Yeah. <laughs> not that I would know. I, I mean, I read the article. Not that I would know anything about that. That piece in Salon Magazine. Yeah. 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 Not that but, I would. Uh, not that I would yeah, ever. That, I don't even know what Bang Brothers Network is. That's what it is. Bang Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, man. Um, yeah. Ramon. Ramon. Um, Ramon packs. He packs some. Uh, and he, <laughs> yeah. That guy's. <laughs> he's packing yeah, a sausage packing. there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough and deadly, man. Uh huh. Yeah. One, of the, um, one of God's cruel jokes, this ugly, freaky, skinny little fucker got a fucking fucking meat yeah, pipe, you know? Yeah, he's hung like uh hung like a god, man. Yeah. He's uh Yeah, you know, he's uh he's not Cary Grant. Um No, you know. No, no, he's not. Uh, that's the way it goes, I guess. Um Didn't expect to be talking about him today. No, but then again we never do. <laughs> yeah. We've talked about yeah, all sorts of Interesting things. Uh, Piper, of course, has to bring the double denim. Being Canadian, yeah, he's bringing the Canadian tuxedo, yeah. a Saskatoon uh, suit. There, the uh, yeah. it's funny because his influence uh, leads to Billy Blanks wearing double denim as well. Well, it does, it does. <laughs> and what's amazing about Blanks when he first like gets, um, they try to take him out. They give him for some reason morphine and LSD. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the last thing you want to give someone. <laughs> That can fight like him. Why don't they just kill him? <laughs> I know. I don't know. <laughs> no, maybe. Well, we wouldn't have a, we wouldn't have the tough and the deadly, but you yeah, know, that's true, it right? would make more sense certainly. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> you know, it's good. And I got to you know what I got to say about this film is, I think the writer of this film 
writes pretty well for this kind of film. It's peppy. He works in a lot of kind of like bromance stuff. Um, his jokes aren't as funny as he thinks they are, yeah. but he keeps the script lively. Yeah, I, I wrote down some forced and goofy comedy bits, but they're likable. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's almost like dad jokes. Yeah, they're not groan-inducing, not that far, no, but they're kind of likable. Rob Schneider. I do got to say, though, bars are dangerous places in 1995. These guys get <laughs> in fights everywhere they go. There is so Man, much bar fighting in this movie. <laughs> they cannot. It doesn't matter where they go. Yeah. There's rooftop fights. I mean, there's just... You know, car crashes. Yeah. And I'll tell you, man, speaking of that, Blank's fight's good for a dude on acid. Like, <laughs> he does. Man, that's impressive. Yeah. Impressive. Um, <laughs> what does it say? Of course, almost. Oh, of course, almost PI bills are due. Yeah. Like, that's another staple of the, uh, of the PI. He's way behind on every fucking bill, the rent. Yeah. Everything's overdue. And, he, and he's got, like, the sassy secretary. Yeah, who sounds like she's out of like uh like nanny uh, um like auditions or something. Like she was trying to do Fran Drescher or something, you know? Yeah, I know, it's like come I on, know. Elmo, what are you doing, Elmo? <laughs> yeah, it's like Jazz from Fort Fairlane. They're all trying to do that thing, but Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, the it's the private dick flick thing, right? I mean we've been on a run with these flick. private dick flicks lately. Yeah, we, we totally. Had, have. <laughs> well, you 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 were tonight too at Stranger by the Lake. Yeah, that, the public and, dick flick, and, and we talked about Ramon. So you know, yeah, that's right. A lot, of, a lot of dick flick talk lately. But I mean, What's we had up? we had the long goodbye. We had Eye of the Jury, and now we had uh, Tough and Deadly. Now, the long goodbye is in a totally different class than the other two. But still, it, these these dick flicks, these private dicks. Uh, yeah. we've been on a run with this stuff lately. I, I, I don't know how that happens. It just kind of happens by accident, really. That's right. We went from uh, Mike Hammer to uh, Philip Marlowe to Elmo Freach. <laughs> yeah. Not Philip Marlowe. Yeah, Philip Marlowe. Philip yeah. Marlowe. Philip Marlowe. Yeah. But uh, Mike yes, Hammer, right. Philip Marlowe, and then the long, long forgotten heavy of private uh, dick literature, Elmo Freach. <laughs> <laughs> private dick literature. <laughs> yes. Um, I'll tell you, man. Speaking of what, why did I write down the word Quicksilver? Oh, that was this project nickname, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, that's right. That was the nickname for uh, the uh, Billy Blanks project. It's Quicksilver. 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 <laughs> um, I'll tell you, man. Piper loved looking at that nurse's tits. <laughs> yeah. He just made no bones about it. Yeah. And yeah, we get the white lab coat, which is great in that scene. Yes. Um, you know, one of the things Piper does is kind of smart is he took the prints, he took Blank's prints so he could run them. Yeah. I like that. I thought it was good. It shows like they try to give him some savviness as a detective. Yeah. You know, he's, he's one of those detectives too that uh, like kills people at random and nobody, he never really gets in trouble for it. Like he's always throwing somebody <laughs> off a roof. That guy's <laughs> killed four people a week for the past seven years. Yeah. By the time he gets to Billy Blank's, he's done throwing like three people off of buildings. Yeah. <laughs> Been in 19 bar fights that week. You know, yeah, this is a seriously amazing. aggressive private dick. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, you know what's great? You know, you talked about the scene with Blanks, his acting. When he's starting to try to figure things out, when he tries to piece it deal, he goes, hey, you know, I remember something. Oh, no, this is one of the jokes. One of the jokes. I actually got into chocolate, even though in spite of it. Hey, you know, I remember something. Coffee isn't supposed to taste like this. Yeah. And uh, and then it, you know the great thing when John Portland because John Portland's not uh, not Quicksilver's real name but because he has amnesia yeah they throw yeah. a dart 
at a map, and uh, <laughs> yeah. at first Blanks grumbles about it, but he says, Piper says to him, hey, you could have been John Puget Sound, <laughs> yeah. which is amazing. You know what's, you know, so. I got to get this off my chest about this movie. There's a lot of craziness going on in, in uh, Elmo Freach and John Portland's life. But they always have time to read the paper and have some coffee before they head out for the day. Yeah, man. The best part of waking up is Folgers in their cup. I love that. I love that they take the time, you know, and that they're going to read the they paper. They ease into the day, man. They ease into the day. They do. They get the New York Times to do the crossword. Yeah. They work it out, man. I love that. Um, I, it's like, that is so crazy. I mean, you would think with two characters that are at the end of the ropes, not in a crime way, like we talked about with the first film, but they're trying to get to the bottom of something. You'd think that they'd be... You know, going full tilt the whole time, but no, they gonna they they chill out, man. They gotta get their caffeine. They gotta get their their yeah. news of the day. <laughs> yeah, like today they'd be sitting down, like reading, like you know, Yahoo News and shit, and drinking coffee. Totally out of Keurig. Totally, coffee. man. They're getting their Keurig Rock and their Marley coffee. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Um, we get that uh, at times shirtless training montage, which is capped off with a shirtless hug. It's totally the Rocky Three thing. Oh yeah, no, it's totally, it's totally that. amazing. Yeah, yeah I mean, it of was course, because I was like, man, why is Blanks being so shy about taking off his shirt? But then we got the goods at the end. Yeah, yeah, because he is, uh, he is a very built dude. I mean, he still looks like he, yeah, he's jacked, man. Yeah, he's he's in great shape. He does some shit uh, and shows off how good a shape he's in that I couldn't even imagine trying to do. Like, you know, like uh, hanging from your legs, setups, and all kinds of crazy shit. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, Piper hangs with him a little bit. Oh, no. He does. No, he does. Piper is a specimen in his own respect, man. Uh, We get some bad knees. Bad knees. Well, speaking of bad knees, (laughs) we get some baggy Daisy Dukes. Oh, yeah. Those are some waitresses in this, man. That's uh, a bad move. Always. Always a bad move. Just ask. Amber Heard will never live it down on our show. She will never live it down. Most unattractive pair of Daisy Dukes ever put on screen. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Crazy. You can get away with this. Criminal. Um, We get a flying forearm onto a pool table. I love when they they (laughs) mix in a few wrestling moves. Yeah. Use the pool cue. I like the pool cue scene because I like that the guy asked for a stick back. Payoff. I was about to say that was one of the funny jokes. And again, I think, like you said, it's not like Larry David, but it's it's charming in its kind of it's charming enough, man. Like, yeah, I mean, it's my cue. You're you've been using my cue. Yeah, it's it's funny. Yeah, it is funny. Um, and I, this is such a Piper line when uh, <laughs> I think he says it to some big dude or some big ugly head, and he says, "Your mama must have screamed when she had you." <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's such a Piper line. Yeah, there's certain things he says that you just know Roddy Roddy Piper is you know he's improvising because he's he's one of the great wrestling uh, you know interviews. He's one of the great characters in wrestling history for those who aren't familiar with him. And yes. uh, one of the great things about him is the uh, the fact that he would say things sometimes that were just ludicrous, and that that is one. Oh, your mama must have screamed when she had you. Yeah, that's great, man. Uh, some good stunts and good, really good ratio. The film's really pacey. Like the action, like the ratio of non-action to action scenes is pretty good. No, that's because, even. yeah, it's because they can't go anywhere without getting in a fight. I mean, they get, like we said, they get in a fight everywhere they go. Yeah, good stunt work. There's some faults that people take. Mm-hmm. There's a great uh, of a moment here where I wrote down that stereo battle. Yeah, that's pretty funny. It goes from soul music or maybe, eh, maybe it was a little bit of hip hop, but it definitely... You know, it's definitely playing on the on the uh, the stereotype card, right? Of course, yeah. The more urban music versus more kind of yacht rock or country. I can't remember which one it was. It was kind of like a uh, uh, 
Kind of like a little bit of like country pop, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of close-ups of Blank's snarling, which is great. He's always been, you know, making yeah, a great face. He's got a great snarl, yeah. Yeah, he totally does. Piper busts through the van. I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. It's been a couple weeks since we watched the movie, so I can't remember everything uh, uh, perfectly. I just remember... The, everything Piper does, it's like when we watched the Mortal Kombat. Everything Piper does, he sells it, just like he's in the wrestling yeah. ring. You he know? totally does. You know what gets sold nicely is is Blanks kicks a dude in the face in the pickup truck. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an awesome move, man. That's a premium move, man. Uh, and then one, there's a fifty cal on the the chopper. At least I think it is. I'm certainly no expert, but like a, a heavy duty machine gun on that chopper. Yeah, yeah. One of the and, weird, uh, let me say one of the other weird things about the movies, you know, Piper and Blake's are good guys, but for the whole movie I'm sitting there watching, I'm thinking they're not really stunning people. They're killing people. <laughs> they're, they, they, yeah, they kill a lot of prejudice. <laughs> yeah, they kill a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. It's a heavy body count, but that's the thing, man. Like you look at films, they're tough and deadly. They're tough and deadly. <laughs> Absolutely. You look at films up to a certain Probably the early 2000s, they stopped killing as much. Yeah, but like yeah. through the 80s, and like there was just indiscriminate killing. Yeah, yeah, there was, there was a lot of killing. Uh, my last note is I'd love to see a sequel with these two abroad. Yeah, like them in Paris, them in Egypt, you know, them in Italy, them in China. You know, just just two exuberant bulls in the China shop. Yeah, yeah. Look all my notes, though. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to add. I mean, I. I joked around about the uh, the big guy that the uh, Billy Blank spills a drink on his girlfriend. He comes back around. He's like, "That sure cost me ten bucks." Yeah, <laughs> which is a great a great line. I mean, it's like, you know, oh, how embarrassing man. is it to say that out loud? You know. <laughs> oh man! And it's just the way the guy says it too. It cracks me up. He's like, "Hey, that sure cost me ten bucks." Yeah. <laughs> Billy Blank's looking oh, at him like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Yeah, no man. I can't remember what the girl's name was. She had a stupid, she had a silly name too, like Matilda, or which is the name of one of my dogs now, but or something, something silly like like that. Kind of just a standard name, like Maureen or something. Maybe I don't know. I can't remember. Uh, but yeah, that was funny. And, and like I say, they, they there's everywhere these guys go, they're I would say they're fighting, but everywhere they go, they're they're typically killing people. It's very bizarre. It's. <laughs> You know, it's very oh, happy yeah. to celebrate. And, and and when we do films from like 1981 to 1995, you see how quickly things change. Uh, now, of course, we're talking about a French film with gentlemanly criminals. Uh, but even then, Gerard Depardieu's character would fit in with the tough and deadly crowd. And the tough and deadly crowd is, is crazy with the, its fashion, its bad oh, haircuts, yeah. its uh, trench coats, cowboy boots and jeans. Uh, gosh, you name it. There's a lot of stuff in here going on. I mean, the 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 uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, the assistant, Roddy Piper's Elmo Freach's assistant. Her, her clothing is pretty appalling in some moments. Uh, it's it's pretty bad. Now I don't want to get into a whole clothing fest, but I mean, this is definitely a movie of its time, 1995. Oh yeah, which like, means it's amazing. Yeah, Loaf's not going to dig the fashion in this. If they, I don't know if they covered this or not. But, <laughs> but I feel I feel like the Elmo Freach name has been mentioned before, though. So. Because it's such a ridiculous name. It seems like we somebody's talked about it before. God, I hope we haven't covered this before, and, and like you and somebody else, and we don't remember. <laughs> that would be I'm pretty sure we didn't. <laughs> that would be embarrassing, wouldn't it? I hope not. That would be. I wonder when that's going to happen. So this would be all, but in this day and age, this would be the remix. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a reboot. It's a reboot review yeah. of Tough and yeah. Deadly. 
Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add. I, I wish Richard Norton was in it more. I, I wish he would have played the main heavy. I did like James Karen in the film. Uh, I liked the arc of that character because I thought one thing was going one way and kind of went another way on me. I thought that was nice. Um, but the guy that ends up kind of being the heavy is kind of, I don't know, kind of vanilla in a weird way. Yeah, for sure. Is, you know, it just, it just didn't really, I didn't really care. Now, the, the heavy heavy was cool, but they didn't give him a lot of time. Like uh, the main heavy, the guy that uh, uh, Elmo Freach tells him, you tell so-and-so that uh, maybe it's Milan. Maybe it's Sal Landy. Guys plays Milan. Yeah, it's Milan. Yeah. He, he's he got a look. Like his face, he's got a look. And he was in uh, Savage Streets, oddly enough. He's done a lot of shit. He's been in a lot of films. And I think it's because he's got a look. But he he's not a great actor, but he definitely has a face. Like when you see him, he looks like the heavy. But he doesn't. he's not given enough. And uh, I think they should have given him more stuff, to be honest with you. And maybe that would have been a better. He's an extra three. I didn't know that. Oh, amazing. <laughs> amazing. I didn't know he's in that. So that's interesting. He's still working, man. He's got a lot of stuff coming out. Well, that's crazy. Anyway. Um, oh, some movie called The Indian. I thought I'd seen that before, but I hadn't. I thought it was The Indian Runner at first. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot more to add. I mean, I think this is exactly what you said it was. It's it's nice and breezy. It's action-packed. I will say the action started to wear on me a little bit by the time we get to the 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 end because we get you know, our final set piece. At that point, I'm like, come on, man. Let's start, to, let's start moving on here because – you know, I'm looking to wrap this up, and I've seen you guys kick the shit out of everybody, everybody in Los Angeles at this point. So, I was really wanting them to start wrapping it up, and and they get separated too, which I think is kind of a, for me, it's a bit of a mistake. It works for the story. I agree. It works for the story, but I I wanted them to be together like all the time, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's just fanboyism coming to to the to the you know surface. But Piper and Blanks are fun together, so I think that they should have been together even during that that last bit because what essentially happens it's like you know like a co-op video game piper goes one way blanks goes another way and then we get the highlights of both we get the brawler and piper and we get the the grace of uh billy blanks and eventually it all wraps up and comes back around but there's no action when it kind of really comes back around it's kind of just like a attaboy i'm getting too old for this shit type moment right so i don't know that 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 kind of wore on me a little bit especially on the back end but the stuff in the middle they're all doing together was great no, I would agree with that. All right. We'll see your scores and make or breaks. Okay. Uh, make or break scene, the pool hall. Yeah, that's with a good the $10 shirt. sure cost me $10. Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's my scene, too, yeah, by the totally. way. Even though I did like the it's montage amazing. quite a bit. The montage is great. It's a miracle it's worker, that montage. Because, I mean, if you, do, if you overdose on morphine and LSD and you're in a bus wreck or car wreck, uh, all you got to do is hang out with Roddy Roddy Piper while he eats ice cream on a bench. And sooner or later, you'll be... You're going to come out of it, man, Zen. As Tarantino would say, you'll be right as rain. Yeah, yeah. He says that, all, he says that a lot. Right. It drives me crazy. Yeah. No, for sure, man. <laughs> um, uh, MVT, Piper and Blanks. Just the easy chemistry they have. They're fun together. They really work well together. And my score is a 7.25. Oh, nice. Man, nice. this is this is a perfect way to spend. You, know, you just want something kind of you know, breezy and fun and rompy. Um, this is perfect for that it's a really way above average um action film like direct-to-video action film nice 
Nice. It has action. It does what it, it says it's going to do on the tin. That's tough and deadly, yeah. does exactly what it does on, tough the, and deadly. on the VHS box. Um, right, my make or break is also the pool hall scene, the great $10 shirt scene, but also it's a pretty good fight scene. Uh, great scene where Billy Blanks, we forgot to mention, he throws a cue ball across the, uh, across the bar and hits somebody in the face. <laughs> man, that's gotta leave a fucking well. Oh man. Whenever I see days. somebody, yeah, whenever I see somebody use pool, uh, cue balls, you know, pool balls for oh, billiards, man. Oh, I've seen people put those in. Remember, I think didn't, didn't, uh, no, maybe it wasn't, but I can't Scorsese? remember. Scorsese? Yeah, it was an Alfred nylon. Yeah, it wasn't an Alfred Justice, I think, too. That uh, wasn't. Oh, maybe. Yeah, there, yeah, there was pool balls. Didn't shit Forsyth do do that to someone's face? Or no, something? I think Seagal did. I think he was. I'm looking for oh. Richie. I'm looking for Richie. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody oh, seen Richie? Like number one. Yeah. Anybody seen Richie? <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Uh, That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> my MVT is the same as yours, Piper and Blanks. Uh, they're great together. Um, they just they work. I wish they would have made more films together. I wish they would have continued this for like a decade. Um, oh, totally, man. Because I would have been down Bogey for some more stuff. Uh, yeah, the Bogey and Bacall of 90s action, as you say. Uh, my score is a little lower in yours by about a half a point. But uh, that's because I just think that's – but I think your scores I could go with that as well. But mine's 6.75 out of 10. Uh, very very. Not, not not great, but perfect. Like you said, perfect for what it is. It knows what it is. You get exactly what you get on the cover of the box, which is tough dudes and explosions, and guns and karate, <laughs> and a lot of punches. <laughs> I mean, you, you get all that stuff, and you, you can't complain because they, it gives you everything you want. So, yeah, six point seven five. Only thing I had, I had some problems with some of the the other characters in the film. I don't think the heavy was as good as they needed to be. And uh, that last piece with them separating just kind of, it was kind of a bit of a, li- a wet noodle for me. A bit of a, you know, I was kind of like, eh, I wish you wouldn't have separated my two, you know, this romance I have going on with Billy Blanks and Roddy Piper. So, but yeah, that's it. All right. That's the man. big show, man. Um, I don't know what we're doing next week. Do you know what we're doing next week? Um, I know what I'm doing next week. Nice. Well, I, I know, I, I kind of know what I'm in doing. Two weeks. I know in two weeks we're going to be. Uh, I think doing what we had talked about um, to give us a week. Uh, okay, okay. So we'll announce that next week, I guess. You sound like you disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> you sound like you disappeared. Sorry, I just got something I've never seen before. Well, I mean, we uh, we got uh, what should we call it? We got uh, Diabolic coming up too. So. Oh yeah, yeah, we got that coming up, but not yet. Next week is still a free week. So I think the week after, I think actually the week after, if you guys do that thing, that's fine. We can just push Diabolic by a week or we can do Diabolic next week and then do that the week after that. So well, let's look at our calendars. Yeah. And see what makes sense. Cause then the week after I'll be in uh, LA. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So. <clears throat> Which could cause <clears throat> some problems. Sunday, with, yeah. so unless, unless we record on like a Friday night or something. Yeah. We'll, so have, we'll to, have to figure that off, off the air. Yeah. We'll have to figure that out. We'll figure it out. We'll get it figured out. I'm not worried about it. But yeah, what do you pick? I'll, I'll let you uh, say what your pick is first then. Yeah, man. I've been trying to get this film on the show for probably a couple of years. And it just, uh, for some reason, I never picked it. And I was like, you know what, man? We haven't done any <laughs> insane Hong Kong shit in a while. So I wanted to pick a film that I'm a big fan of. Um, and I also wanted to get this man making his GGTMC debut on, Lam Ching Ying, Mr. Vampire Dare Pai. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. Yeah, man. Well, we're gonna keep the train rolling that we've kind of created here lately with uh, Clash and 
Clash and Trash. Uh, Clash <laughs> and Trash. There we go. And uh going to do a film that I recently upgraded uh, my DVD. Uh, actually, my HD DVD. But I've been wanting to revisit it for a while because it kind of came up uh, off and on on the uh, on our group and stuff. Because it popped up on Instant not too long ago. So... Um, a lot of people kind of rewatched it and stuff and kind of re-talked about it. I know it's a big favorite of yours, but we never talked about it in detail. So we're going to do David Fincher's Zodiac on my side. Oh, man. So, yeah, we'll put Zodiac and Mr. Vampire together. <laughs> Mr. Zodiac. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, we'll Amazing. see what happens there. That's uh, Yeah, that, that I didn't expect you to pick Mr. Vampire. So. <laughs> Also known as Mr. St- it's also known as Mr. Stiff Corpse, which is even worse name. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's amazing. The literal English title of Mr. Vampire is Mr. Mr. Stiff, Stiff Corpse. I never knew that. Oh, that's amazing. Fuck. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that'll be a fun show, man. That'll be I've always wanted to kind of I haven't watched uh Zodiac in um 10 years. I probably haven't watched it since theater. I bought the Blu-ray. It was one of the first Blu-rays I bought. I bought that special edition one that went into print. It's I think it's come back in print now. Yeah, yeah. Where it's got like the writing, the Zodiac letters on it. Yep, yep. I remember I got that on a Black Friday somewhere. I got it right before it went into print, and I've been really itching to watch it because you and I have both said, I mean, you know, we, we've talked about how, how impressed we are with that film. Yes, yes. And I, I just want to talk about it in, in detail. Um you know, and, and of course, I, I just want to revisit it because when it came out, I loved it. Uh, but I, you know what, I'm sitting here. Th- you know what, I've never watched that at home. I've never watched Zodiac at home. So this will be. The I don't first know that I have I, either. This will be the first time I've seen it since I saw it in the theater. Amazing. So yeah, this will be fun to rewatch and talk about. It looks like Mr. Vampire is pretty readily available online, but I'm going to have to hit you up because there's a lot of Mr. Vampire Five, Mr. Vampire Three. <laughs> I've got all of them. Of course you do. I have all of them. <laughs> of course I do, man. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. It looks like yeah, it's on. Yeah, uh, boy. It looks like oh, uh, looks like I found it on, on a site. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Just, just don't watch the English dub. It's shit. <laughs> it's awful, man. They have like Midwest accents. <laughs> it's terrible. It's <laughs> not uh, <laughs> like the kids in Rich Hill. No, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how unfortunate, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Vampire. All right, so that's the show next week. Zodiac and Mr. Vampire. I'm sure David Fincher has seen Mr. Vampire. Uh, yeah, probably not. But anyway, uh, okay. So yeah, that's everything. I'll say adios. Adios. <laughs> Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com. You can call the gentleman at 206-666-5207. And you can email the gentleman at midnightcinema at gmail.com. 